hated when the color contacts came out. Because once you did that, so what's the use of me showing them for when everybody think they fake? For right. people that know me, so I don't worry so about your, mind. Okay, so your dad was born in Cuba and your mom was yeah. born. She was born here in, 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 in right here oh, I thought, in the United oh, States. Oh, I thought you had said in she America. was. I thought you said she was born in the Caribbean island. That was my no, dad. no. My my dad was and mm-hmm. his dad. Okay, so you like half Cuban and half American Indian. Oh, oh excuse <laughs> me, my fault. Well, no, yeah, we got we got Indian and Cherokee in us too from my great great grandmother. Okay, that's why I said that's where all of. So you just mixed all the way around, pretty much. Exactly. See now, you understand. You know, I can change my voice changes. I can talk. I I can go. You know, hi, how are you? You know, hi, how are you? You know, I can go. Hey, how you? What up? up?" (laughs) So, what language do y'all speak in Cuba? Oh, different. Like, say my say most, say my say most. Kimo kama kana say. You know, welcome to another episode. You just never know what you're going to get up here. <laughs> Kima say ma. Welcome to another okay, episode. Ma. What, what the, the guy say? Right, Kima say ma. Welcome to another episode. Kima say ma. Welcome to another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. I am Josh Rogers. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm I'm Cuban. <laughs> and right Indian, here. Because that's from my great, great grandmother. I'm mixed with yeah. all of that. I <laughs> had these green eyes. <laughs> and this is another episode of the GSL Podcast. We are favorite Casa Negros. We are back in the living room to talk about the craziest puzzle piece ever created, and that's Jigsaw Life. But we talk about the perils, the praises, the productivity, and the public circumstance of being black millennials trying to figure it all out. Brian. Yes. How are you? Man, How is your Cuban great. heritage? <laughs> yeah. Well, Indian it's always heritage. great to be black, you know, and I'm, okay. Af- so, did, did, I'm Cuban, I'm Afro Latino. So, you know. Okay. Did, did you see some of your Cuban um, family members when you went to LA? I did. <laughs> to you know, to honor your grandmother? Well, no, you I didn't did. meet <laughs> you did. the end, I said meant the Indian side, you know. Oh, you the Indian side. What tribe? Yeah, what tribe are you from? You know, you know the 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 form of Lanyon. <laughs> that, okay. That tribe. <laughs> and what language do y'all speak over there? <laughs> you know, we speak, you know, no, 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 no. Came off say ma. Yeah, my say, mom. <laughs> that's why I got. That's why I got this curl pattern. Got this, this, this Cuban. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you look mm. at my hair, it is indication of nigga, <laughs> and and nigga predominantly. <laughs> black mixed with black. Black mixed with black and extra black, crispy. <laughs> my hair is <was> fried hard. <laughs> I'm black on my mama's side and and half black and half black on my daddy's side. Yeah, that's the other. That's that is it. That is it. What's been going on, brother? I feel like we were just talking. We talk almost every day. Mm-hmm. We were just we here last week, but I feel like it's been a minute. Maybe we need to be in each other's presence. We do. I feel like that's what it is. I think it's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. We need to go somewhere. We need to hang out, do something. I miss you, brother. I miss you too. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Get in these streets. Hmm. Yeah, like, the streets listen, is calling my name. Mrs. Call <laughs> me if you need someone to talk to. Speaking of that, satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Who sings that? What? Huh? Satisfaction guarantee. Call me if you need someone to talk to. Sure, I'm gonna Google it. I don't know. I was thinking about me. Me and um, Asher was talking about. Um, our fraternity at a specific chapter, I won't call their names out. They host this like Hawaiian themed event. <laughs> and 
Okay. And we were talking about, we were talking, you know where I see where I'm going with this? Oh, yeah, I know what you're going with. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, <laughs> Friday, Saturday. And then Evelyn Champagne King, <laughs> that name. Uh, what is the girl? What is that woman's name? It ain't Evelyn Champagne. It's Sherelle. That's it. That, yeah. Who is Evelyn Champagne? I don't know. I, the only person I know after a drink is uh, Cheryl Pepsi Riley. That's the only person I know. That's, that's a middle name for the drink. What, what was Cheryl Pepsi in other than Tyler Perry? Child, no. <laughs> I don't know, brother. Bro, you're not going to I know Evelyn Champagne King. There she is. Evelyn Champagne King is a singer. What does she do? I'm, I she know it is. Wait a minute. Let me Google. American singer, songwriter. None of her songs are coming up. Oh, Shane. I'm in love. Oh, baby, you make my love. Oh, that's a good one. That's her. Boom, boom, boom. Baby, you make my love. love. Calm Calm down. down. Yeah. Wake down. Yeah, a song that I can put. I put on that. Like I put on full blast, just randomly. Cutie pie. Cutie pie. You're the the reason why why. that song goes. Love you so. That was a that was a band staple. Who is That's that? That's a good black song. Um, You're the girl that makes me feel yeah. so good. Bro, we need some. Maybe Bruno can give us another funk album. Because we, bro, this the first era was, funk. that was, so, this may be bad parenting. Okay. But I exposed my kids to, not the drug, but the song, Mary Jane on 420. And mm, so, okay. mm-hmm. so now they're like requesting to listen. And Jada was like, Is, was that Rick James' girlfriend? I said, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly who she was. <laughs> no, and I'm really not white girl. Was. He was on the but white bro, girl, but that wasn't white girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when mm-hmm. it got to like the bridge where it cut out the songs, like that, bro, that bass line in there, mm-hmm. I'm just like, this is like, bro, it was so funky and so, it just Music's slapped. So good. And I'm just, we, I want to examine, I want to start examining the roots of trap music mm-hmm. because I know it's influenced by, all music is influenced by other music, but like, right. I feel like bass lines weren't really slapping and hitting until funk. Because mm-hmm. like, you have like the Temptations of stuff, it was kind of like, even the remastered stuff, the bass don't come to your car. Mm-hmm. But Rick James and you know Parliament Funk and even some Prince stuff like that bass was knocking, mm-hmm. and it's just so it's so feel good. It's so you know what I'm saying. Like you said, if Cutie Pie comes on, I'm not changing it. Yeah, and so I was talking to a friend, right? Mm-hmm. And they were talking about like you know how they don't like Bruno, and Ugh, I guess they were saying Bruno. like right. It's basically like you know he his formula is based off of like you know black music, and my whole thing was like he has a formula and is really. Is he creates a sound, and the sound mm-hmm. is inspired by like certain time frames, right? Yeah. And my whole thing, what my thought process was with that is like, like yes, I can get the argument against Bruno by him, like you know, doing the sound or whatever. But I don't feel like anybody in our culture, as far as our ethnicity, is doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't feel like anybody. Is, I'm saying anybody. Let me say, uh, uh, what's the dude name that won all the Grammys? Jean Baptiste says I can't think of his name. The dude. He kind of does the thing with with the sound. Um, the dude that play, I don't know his name. I can't think of his name. He's black, but he and he's from New Orleans. He's a the 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 main player on Stephen Colbert's show, A Late at Night. He won all the Grammys, whatever. Um, so yeah, yeah Sam Henshaw does. He kind of does like a you know a soulful sound. But Bruno, mm-hmm. what he does, he takes he takes you to a time. Yeah, yeah, he takes you to a place and a time. I don't think anybody in our culture. Is basically they're tr- we're trying to reinvent this wheel and do that little trap tap thing, mm-hmm. and it just give us 
give us a sound. Like, give us a good slap. Like, a boom, pat, boom, pat. Like, that works. Give us instrumentation. Um, I think PJ does it a little bit, you know. He does uh, it Listening sometimes. to his, you know, gumbo is definitely real funky at moments and things of that nature. But mm-hmm. I feel like Bruno will do, like, a whole album of just a sound Ooh. and take mm-hmm. you there. You made me think about something. So, you know, is is PJ's album coming out Friday? Uh, I think so, 29th. Okay. Yeah. So, I listened to the, the the first, I guess, single or release with Stevie Wonder. That thing is trash. Really? Brother, I tried. It's like, leave it in the water. Mm-hmm. I'm going to preview it for the people. Let's see what they got to say about it. Um, I actually didn't know he put out, and we'll get into the song of the week very soon. Um, but the album is Watch the Song, 11 songs. PJ never gives us a lot. Oh, he he put three of them. Okay, so I won't say this is a single because he gave us three. But the one that popped up that Apple suggested that I listen to, mm-hmm. sometimes I just put on my Josh Rogers radio stations. I feel like finding nothing. I just let Apple suggest stuff. But brother, this thing. All right. That's all I'm giving you. I don't know if he's hitting his music soul child slump. Ooh. Where he gave us, because PJ gave us like four or five, even though there were a lot of repeats mixed there in. A lot of repeats. He gave yeah. us about three or four because his career ain't as long. Maybe five. Because his Christmas, mm. I put his Christmas album. That Christmas album is great. It's, it's, it's gold. So it's about four or five solid. And maybe if this, because Paul wasn't bad. It wasn't gumbo. I think the I think the reason why Paul didn't hit like it could have hit, because mm-hmm. gumbo wasn't. And then he hit the live version of gumbo. Like yeah. gumbo wasn't. Gumbo powerful. was good. Um, gumbo was just music. It was yeah. so good. So like I know we talked about it in our friend group a little bit how like um, Paul wasn't really didn't have a lot of sustaining power. I listened to a few mm-hmm. songs about Paul. I just think coming after gumbo, it's it's just hard. Like when you when you have an album like gumbo, you gotta. It's not going back to Bruno. Mm-hmm. After 24 Karat Magic or whatever that album was, was the album 24 Karat Magic too? Or what was the album? Yeah, it was 24 okay. Karat Magic. Like yeah. Silk Sonic was a good follow up. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it yeah. may not be as like, I, I, don't, I don't even want to say because like Smoking Out the Window had the world in the chokehold. So like that's how you follow up a 24 Karat Magic. Mm-hmm. He didn't do that with Gumbo. He just gave us a decent album. And based on this, and it got a legend on it because Stevie Wonder's featured on that song I just played. Yeah. Like bro, I hope that that's like the one skip. Because yeah. out of 11 songs, you can't afford more than one skip nah. to have a solid one. body of work. Yeah, 11 songs, you got to give us a good... At least nine. I give you two. Nine songs. Yeah, I give you two. Yeah, one one could be like a, eh, you know, that was mm-hmm. cool. It can't be bad, though. It can't be bad. Water is bad to me. Yeah. <laughs> so he got one more before yeah, I be like, then, no. Because I'm good for downloading the album and then deleting that joint if I don't like it. Yeah, because my thing is like, he's so, and I, I guess, I don't Yeah, we talked about it last week, so it's not in the billboard or anything like that. But I think he's too musically talented. To where, if anything, if we could just, re- and that song doesn't sound musically, like, it doesn't sound sonically amazing. Like, D- like D'Angelo can come out with no lyrics 
and the music is gonna sound good. Because this last album, you can't understand what he's saying anyway. So right. he might as well not have any lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like the, right speaking in tongues. <laughs> we are on the road to Pentecost, by the way. <laughs> yes, it was early mm. one morning, mm. just about the break of day. Mm. Jesus. He touched me mm. and he wiped my sins away. I started yes. running. I started shouting. I had no doubt, uh, no time to doubt him. Oh, I, I found nothing but the Holy Ghost. That's Milton Bronson and the Tupsa Community Singers, if you didn't know. <laughs> I'm old school. Y'all like that hippity hop. Jesus is my garden of music, gospel music, that Maverick City <laughs> foolishness. I like nah. choir robes. <laughs> Listen. I like good choir music, and and really on on Mondays I don't listen to no CCM. I don't listen to none of that. Yeah, you know, new gospel. I listen. I ain't gonna to call nobody out, but I ain't gonna I ain't gonna tone down our representation. Well, well, you want to get into the song of the week? That's not what we're gonna talk about. <laughs> oh man, I've oof. I almost was about to go deeper into that. <laughs> I know, I know, you have the feelings. I felt as you know, I have the feelings. You, you, you know, know how you, you, you know, know you know how you be sending me the alley oops. That was mine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I almost, <laughs> I almost went in all the way because you know I'm my feelings. You know my feelings. I know, brother. I know. You know. So, you don't do. Uh, oof, no, let's go. Let's go on. Let's go. On, let's go on because today's song be, of the week is. Oh, hold on, hold on. Don't we have a, a a feature we got going on? Oh yes. Before we get into that, so uh, a few weeks ago, um, mm-hmm. well, maybe almost shoot a couple of months ago at this point, um, we did a podcast episode with our homegirls Doe and Mo from the Rooted Life podcast. Um, Brian was not able to be on there at the time. We said he had a family emergency. He had to run an errand. And he left the yeah. room. But that errand was finding five new five. Uh, five new five. Searching for five new five. He was searching. He was playing high go seek. Uh, <laughs> trying to find five new five. And so, you know, it was a conflicting thing in his schedule. And so, um, it's me interviewing the girls. However, you know, we show Brian love, kind of like last week. We had our boy Chancey. He represented for AF. Um, so very similar type of situation. And Doe and Mo uh, were so gracious to take that audio and use it for their podcast this week. So if you want to go check it out, read this. I think it's a really great episode. Um, it's about all things relationship. So whether you're married, single, in transition, um, seriously dating, in a situation, got a side boo, whatever it is. I think there's something that's going to help you. We had a really, really dope conversation. So go to the Rooted Life podcast, spam them, blow them up, show them love, and then come back and show us love because we would love to have them back. So tell them, um, let them know that you enjoyed them so that they can come back. Um, So shout out to Doamo. Yes. For featuring us um, this week. And um, the song of the week is where I was getting to. So it is my week. Yes. Um, Brian so eloquently gave us Kappa's unofficial anthem I last did. week, and you know from our problematic, problematic cousin Boosie. Mm-hmm. Um, but this week it's in theme, considering mm-hmm. we're talking about. I'm just gonna say this, Brian. I'm gonna say yeah. this. I'm gonna say it live. I feel like this week's episode should be called a Tracy Ellis stand account because that's what it's really about. <laughs> Tracy God, God bless her. <laughs> that's what it really is God about. God bless her. Um, because, you know, we'll just get a preview. We're talking about the greatness that is blackish. And mm-hmm. that whole show was rooted around family, but it would not exist without the love that exists between Bo and Dre. So we never really go this deep in explaining the song of the week, but I just kind of wanted to show my connection points here. And mm-hmm. Brian, I think I'm going to give us uh, a favorite of both of ours. Okay. Okay. And it's okay. an honest favorite. It's not like a that's your boy and I'm really talking about somebody you hate. <laughs> it's an honest favorite. <clears throat> okay, okay. You ready? 
I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna not gonna give up verse, but go straight into it. Okay. <clears throat> it goes a little something like this. Oh, you're singing. Oh yeah, you know okay, I am. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Let me get a sip of water just in case. <laughs> <clears throat> If I would have knew the girl next door oh, would have been you, mm-hmm. hey, I would have been nice to you, a little more kind to you, I would have looked twice at you, if I would have knew the girl next door would have been you, hey, I probably would have mm-hmm. shared my grub, depending on how close we was, by now we would be so in love. That is Girl Next Door by Sing it, Brian. Go forward. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been on your team. Yeah. Would been hide and seek. <laughs> it would have been chasing. Like, I would, I'm always going to stand for Music Soldier. Music I don't is, care what y'all say. His voice may be yes. raggedy at times, but six album Six album run. run. Yes, he is. He so, has a song for everything, every occasion. Brian, we've said this in the past. We've said that we need to do specific episodes on Kirk. Mm-hmm. We yeah. need to do a Beyonce episode. And I think we need to just Must for do. us, we got to do a music show. Those are the three. We got to do yeah. them at some point. Got to. Got to. And, and for those of y'all, those that, those that love the Jigsaw podcast, if y'all can go in there and just put puzzle pieces and just harass Music Soul Child. Beyonce probably won't see it. Beyonce right? ain't gonna see because she don't check hey, Instagram. She just right. uploads her pictures and right. she going on. She get back home. She, she put captions on there most of the time. <laughs> right. She go here. Y'all, y'all be begging here, <laughs> here. Um, I said Beyonce. Beyonce just say here and then walk away. But if y'all um, can spam, because Kirk might see it. Kirk might see it. Y'all gonna spam Kirk and y'all gonna spam Music Soul Child. Okay, but yes, please go put puzzle pieces under there. We would love to have them on the show. Uh, but with that being said, understood and accepted, Brian, are you ready to move on and talk about some black excellence in the Bless Up Report? I'm ready. I love talking about black people. Let's, Let's do, it. do it. Yeah. We are here at the Bless Up Report where we shout out black folks doing great black things. So black people just wake up being black and black equals great. So if you look in the dictionary, you want to say what, what is blackness is greatness. I like right? it. So black equals great. That's black good. equals great. It is what it is. We are who we are. We thank God that he woke us up. Josh, what, what would happen to you if you woke up and you weren't black no more? Oh, I'd cry. <laughs> just it would just weep dry your weeping eyes. Just listen, <laughs> curse with a curse. Like I ain't paid my ties in years. <laughs> so speaking of black, when yep. the report, we got black and green uh Dr. Kristen Edwards, right? Black and Green. Black and Green is in a natural marketplace by all black artisans. Black and Green is a beauty and wellness marketplace full of all natural products, all of which are made by black artisans, which is amazing. We just support black folks mm-hmm. doing great black things, right? So we especially love its gift sets, whether for gifting or keeping for yourself, which feature a myriad of retailers, products, best products, excuse me. Our marketplace connects. This is what they. That's what they say. Our marketplace connects black people with natural lifestyles to high quality, toxic free brand brands. Help me, Holy Ghost. Um, that share in our mission of health, wellness, and community cultivation. We promise to maintain the connection by curating, crafting, and consuming consciously for you. And this sounds like it just smells like whatever they said. Whatever product it just smells Shea like butter and JoJo oil. Listen, <laughs> smell like Africa. It's it's it just I can <laughs> incense. I, I we I know it's off topic. I need to bring back incense. Do, do people yeah. put incense? Do black folks still use incense? We like I feel so. like you know Erica Badu smells selling her pussy. <laughs> so, so Listen, we, 
We need to buy me, that. We hold on. Let me go to the episode about button. that. Ooh. <laughs> the next time we t- we record in person, bro, I'm going to check it up on the Badu World Market. <laughs> right. But I yeah, remember I'm, growing up, my mom used to go to the Africa. So in California, we had, we had to, you know, we had uh, black. We used to go to like Lamert Park. Uh, Come on, but Lamert Park? I only know about Lamert it Park because area. of uh, Moesha. <laughs> we was in the Lamar Park area, and they had a lot of like black, um, like health food stores and health stores, and um, you can get like incense. My mom used to buy a lot of incense. You used to um, burn incense in the house, not like that sagey type stuff, but like you know, just like for smell good. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I hear you. So I really miss incense. I think I might go back to doing incense. I might burn some incense wow. in my office. Uh, and you know, now folks do humidifiers and essential oils and stuff like that. So I'm gonna go back to incense. And, uh, I think that it was like called, like, it was called like black pride and sex on the beach and all that kind of weird names for the incense. And yeah, Jamaica number know, nine, whatever that is, whatever it is. I don't what know. What's number eight? Seven, six, five, four, three, two, oh, one. <laughs> all the um, so, so the Badu pussy original premium incense <laughs> is sold out still. Um, but what what you could know is that this is just shout out to Dr. Christian because we are way off topic. But right. <laughs> the description says, Brian, I'm looking at it. It says, uh, we got the hottest pussy on the market. <laughs> We're sharing our highly discussed Badu Pussy Premium Incense, which was created with the ashes of Badu's underwear, pure Child. resin, handmade, sun-dried, also created with essential oils and herbs it is sold out and you get 20 sticks mm. if you're able to get it right. so yeah. i would actually love <laughs> to smell because it made under 3000 dress weird it had come and going crazy Listen, um jay electronica ain't sent out ain't dropped the album he did a feature was, for uh, chance and went back away <laughs> um the doc like you know it, if, if of all the hip hop, like the best rappers of alive, she's had them. So you know she, she had, must have done something. She had Wayne, nah, because he called himself the best rapper alive for he a did. long time. At, at, a, at one point in time, Wayne was he had the number one spot. Yeah, we'll probably talk okay. about that in Black Music Month. Month. We got so much June. to talk about in June. Oh, it's we gonna do. be a good month. We're gonna talk about it's June. It's gonna be a good month. All right, yeah. Brian, is that does that wrap up the bless up? That does wrap up. So bless up to um Dr. Kristen Edwards and Black and Green. And look like there's nobody on the rest of the report, which means that they that God did what, Josh? State the hand of death. However, okay. I didn't know his name. So I didn't oh. put him on here. Oh, who died? Earth Wind and Fire saxophonist. I think I saw oh, his dead. If it ain't Ver, if it ain't Verdeen. <laughs> We don't care if <laughs> it ain't Verdine. You listen, we gonna have to honor that perm going into the ground. Do you hear me? But what's the other dude? The um, the other uh, lead singer, Verdine. Verdine's the bass player, but the lead singer, who's holding to them dreads for dear life, or them locks for dear life, um, like Stevie, because Stevie one locks is literally at the middle of his cranium. <laughs> listen, um, but yeah, if it's if it ain't Verdine, I don't care about somebody <laughs> okay, not more okay. than the vibe. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, God shade the hand of death. <laughs> um, so let's get into the billboard. I actually didn't it. put this on the billboard because I forgot, but I want to put it here. It's like okay. Go for uh, it. part of the blessed report, but also really great news. Morris Brown College is fully, 
accredited after a 20 year i brian 20 mm-hmm. long years they have been their accreditation was revoked back in 2002 My God. because they was up to some shady stuff financially um so their enrollment went from about 2,000 students which is pretty typical for hbcus to about <laughs> they averaged between 30 and 50 students you have some friends who graduated from morris brown during that time didn't you brian <sighs> oh so so <laughs> So you doing alley ooping tonight? You're you're the John Morant of of the podcast today. That's I've been watching the playoffs. I've been really watching them. <laughs> yeah. You'd be so proud of me, bro. I'm sitting on my couch like a full sports. I mean, I'm just sitting here. Oh, you know, I'm sitting. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Oh. What's, uh, what's going on? Uh-huh. Then they graduated at um not um um what is that church? Um, um it's one of the AME churches. The Jesus Saves. Big sign. Just had the big brother uh, uh, win, you know, who who you know was in the process of you know cap after our brother at that cross the Brown back in the sixties or yeah. the seventies. Shout out to him when they I were fully accredited. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I think they're going to a thing on Saturday. But after two thousand two, yeah, there were some people. I, I, I'm pretty. Sh- I thought that you knew some people, but maybe you did. Maybe I'm mistaken. Every now and then, every now and then, the great Josh Rogers brain has a slip. <laughs> And maybe this is one of those times. But all of those people who have those non-accredited degrees can possibly go back and do it the right way because they're fully accredited. So, so the president said that this is not this is this is a restart for you, messy ho. Messy ho. The president said this was a restart. And even though the AUC has officially taken them off their website, we do honor the fact that they were once a part of the consortium. And so we really shout out Morris Brown. It is my understanding that the AUC was a much different place when uh, Morris Brown was in, in on the scene and in the picture. And um, I'm really interested on how the AUC is going to look and feel with more students. Because now the big thing about a credit is you can apply for federal funding. Mm-hmm. So now they can give our scholarship. You can have financial aid to go. Um, so I'm really excited to see how that changes, specifically since they have so much deferred defer maintenance. Hey, Mackenzie Scott, this is one of your times. To, if you want to really give money, like now that they're fully accredited, you can get some to good old Moby. And it's more um, Brown College or the university? What are they? What are they? They are co- college. Okay, so they don't have no, uh, they don't have the no, uh, uh, grad school. Yeah, I don't or like that. think that they have graduate program, or they could because I know at one point Morehouse was considering doing grad programs, but decided not to. They want to be Morehouse University, but there are mm-hmm. some instances you could just remain college and mm-hmm. have all the other schools anyway. Because right, you know, um, but yeah, real discounted now. Yeah, it's MB- yeah, but it's NBC. Oh, they're gonna. I'm sure those. Admission standards are going to be low just so they can get those numbers back up. And once they right. get back to whatever, um, yeah, or maybe they'll start over because you know, when Clark Atlanta merged from Clark College to Atlanta University, they mm-hmm. now have a founding date of like 89 or 81 or it's 80 okay. something. Uh, although their history dates far, you know, much further back than that. So right. I don't think that Moby will start over, but it will be interesting to kind of see marking 2022 as a new starting point. So shout out to them and shout out to everybody who have those um, certificates of completion during the downtime who now can possibly get so a messy. full degree. I mean, they got participation awards and we give them <laughs> their <messy>. clap claps. 
for participating. All right. So uh, <laughs> we, we, we were talking about music. We were talking about music. I'm not going to, you know, I, I am who I am. Call me you who are, I you am. Are. Uh, you are. We were talking about are. music earlier. And our toxic king, Nevadius Wilbur, better known as Future. Future mm. Hendrix himself is mm-hmm. looking to drop an album this coming Friday. So the City Boys are about to have their out. Uh, Brian, we're going to do a City Boys Summer Part 2. Because City Boys, uh, we're going to call this one. I, I, I saw uh, our fan of the show, um, our social media manager, Jasmine Spencer, she commented and said, this is going to be the bro tales. And I really liked that. I was going to give her the crowd. I was going to steal it. I was going to steal it. Jasmine. I was going to steal it, but I saw her. I'm going to give her the credit. Now I gave you the credit once. The next time I say it, it's going to be mine. All right. It is. So, <laughs> so bro tales. Next episode, bro tales. <laughs> bro. Oh, next episode, bro tales. <laughs> bro tales. So bro tales, uh, also known as I Never Liked You, is dropping. The cover art is just amazing. Um, Brian has seen. I love to see Brian all active on pyramids and diamonds and all the pages. I love uh, the things. It's, 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 it's circulating all the places. It's getting t- turned into memes and all the things. But um, the album will have um, 16 tracks mm-hmm. and um, with collabs such as Keep Burning. With Kanye West and for a nut with Ghana and Young Gun. <laughs> it's gonna be so toxic. Uh so toxic. Uh, so and toxic. then Free Mind um featuring singers Tim and then singer slash rapper Drake. Um Brian, early mm-hmm. thoughts about the um the album. Are you ex- are you gonna download it? Are you just gonna listen to it? Like, you know, what's happening? Um, I probably need to do okay, so I probably need to do what I did with Drake. Just go. I don't know just, if you're gonna have the same results. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I probably don't because at least I've realized that Drake and I are like spirit animals. Like even I should, probably should have listened to Drake a long time ago because we kind of you know are just you know thoughts on things and personalities kind of are a little closer. I yeah. don't know. I would probably anything would resonate with me with you know Nevadius. Uh, his name is Nevadius, right? That's his name. Nevadius, right? such yeah, a Nevadius. Name. Um, oh, I love it so much. But I think I I don't. And and you know, Kim with this. I don't. I don't understand the future. I understand the future hype, but I don't understand the future hype because I don't know a lot of like future songs. La di da di da. Stop on me now. Yeah. <laughs> um. I I recognize his greatness, but mm-hmm. I can't sit there and say like I know a whole lot of future songs. So um, got you. I'll probably listen to it because you know sure. podcast makes me listen to things I probably wouldn't listen to, but I probably need to go back and just I love the whole catalog. The and do the thing. What'd you say? I said, I love this about that show that it does that to you. It forces you yeah. to begin in your uncomfortable spaces. <laughs> to listen to things, you know, that I probably would never, you know, listen to. But I'm again I respect future. You know, he is Atlanta. He's done yeah. his family. If nothing you know, else, he's a cultural icon. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and we have to do an episode about that. The fact that like he gets no slander from the community and he's a whole deadbeat <laughs> out here. Oh, for sure. 19 kids. With nineteen like, you know, baby mamas, and he and he's literally like he gets like the he's like the the um the poster child for like toxic male masculinity and the lack of accountability. And he embraces it. He yeah. fully embraces it. The album is called <laughs> I, "I Never Liked, liked you. you." He has a song he, called "For a Nut," which I, I can I only he, imagine. <laughs> I want him to come out with a song called "F Voice" and put all the dudes who just really are like that on one song and just. That's that's another thing. He embraces who he is. It is. And I'm gonna say this, and I, even though I love him, I'm gonna say this. If he does that, Chris Brown gotta sing the hook. Got to. 
<laughs> got to, bro. And and I will listen to that thing, bro. Can you? Oh, oh, it didn't even got to be all the guys. It could be a future Drake collab with Chris oh, Brown on the chorus. Jesus, <laughs> you know. And the song called F Boy. Give us oh. that. Give us that. If, y- if y'all do it, you better credit us. Listen, but we we, we always say things here first in the podcast. We be proper. So. We are the we are like the Simpsons. <laughs> We are like the well. We say it was because the power of the Holy Ghost. If we speak Ooh. it, it comes to pass. It does. It comes to pass. So I'm it excited. Um, I will tell you this. I like Future. I'm mm-hmm. not like a stan. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that there's one whole album that I can just listen to, no skips. But I mm-hmm. like several songs off of several albums. Okay. You know, March Madness is one of my when that song yeah. when March Madness comes on. You know, you didn't know that a couple of years ago. <laughs> Oh, uh, and you know, that kind of made me upset. It made well, me I, knew, upset. I knew it, but I don't know though. I don't. But you I don't didn't know, know it. You didn't know. I it. know it. I you didn't know it. know it. Let's not go back. It. Let's not go back there because that was almost <laughs> caused a great rift in our friendship. Uh, <laughs> but March Madness is my song. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what the, I'm sure is going to be. Oh, I got a song I need to send you. Nelly Chopper just dropped a song called "Slept Me Out." Oh, and. And it's a oh, can I just play a little bit for you, Brian? I just feel like I'm in a music mood. Okay, play it. Um, I'm gonna play it for you because there's a line in it that resonates with something that I've said on this podcast that is iconic. Okay, okay. <laughs> and you're gonna know as soon as you hear. Okay, I'm ready for it. Hey, rip out my shirt if you love me. Spit in my face when you fuck me. Oh. <laughs> my while you suck me. Eat the dick like you was ugly. I mean, hold on. Wait, where your friend bring your buddy? I don't think that you enough enough. Her favorite thing to say is cuff me. Slut me out. Slut me out. Slut, 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 slut me out. Rip out my shirt if you love me. Spit in my face when you fuck me. Play with my goose while you suck on Eat the dick like you was ugly. Big dick energy, I give it. Don't believe me, then come feel it. Gonna put this here in your kidney, please. <laughs> so, and and that's why Mother Ross stopped listening to the that's, show. That's exactly why she stopped listening to the show. That's exactly why when he says spit in my face, I said if this ain't Josh Rogers, I don't know who it is. Listen. That's fool. You got to get nasty with it. Anyway, we just spent way too much time. More. <laughs> Future got a new album coming out. Um, let's break it a little bit more wholesome. Queen Latifah, yes, is building the up the hood. She went back to her hometown of Newark, um, just this past Wednesday to break ground on a new affordable housing development project. Look at that. All right. That she says she's been planning for more than a decade, so she finally making it happen. Um, happen. The development called Rise Living is planning to have seventy six units, including twenty three family townhomes for rent starting at 1800 per month and you know that's affordable especially if you can get a yeah. uh, a townhouse for mm-hmm. 1800 in, in yeah. new jersey anywhere yeah anywhere yeah. but yeah. specifically the new york new, new jersey, jersey area yeah. bro like yeah so um so it's a project that's sorely needed that was sorely needed in the city where so many low-income residents have been pressured by gentrification so shout out to dana um for She's doing out. this you know, shout out to Dana for doing this, and we, you know, love what she's doing. We love the work, and you know, I'm I'm in affordable housing, so that resonates with me. Um, one of the who they call the Black Meryl Street, but who we just acknowledge one of the greatest actresses of all time in the Black community. Mm-hmm. We don't really compare her to anyone. Is Miss Viola right. Davis? Y'all know that she is an actress. She's an actress, 
actress. Mm-hmm. She yes. will cry in a minute. The snot scenes snot are iconic. Everywhere. She was nominated for an Oscar for like five minutes in a movie. Like she's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. She's absolutely amazing. And we thought that she would be equally amazing in the portrayal of our forever first lady, Michelle Obama. Obama. Jesus. But the I haven't started the show yet, and I'm going mm-hmm. to watch it still. Okay. But I heard <laughs> she didn't do now when they sent those pictures out with the lips, I thought it was maybe one or two moments. Mm-hmm. But apparently she talked like that. Um they said it was they said it was very animated. The the girls are not liking mm-hmm. what Viola did. They said she did not do her good work. So she's receiving a lot of critique about her portrayal. Okay. Um, but she admitted even uh, even that it's been incredible, incredibly hurtful when people say negative things. However, uh, she said it's her duty to be bold. And she mm-hmm. also shared that it's almost impossible to portray a familiar person, especially the adored former first lady. Brian, yeah. what have you heard? Have you heard the same kind of criticism about her? Um, just black Twitter kind of basically saying like, yeah. um, it just wasn't her. It wasn't good, and she should be ashamed of herself. Like not in like in some, her career is over. But basically, it was just <clears throat> it wasn't it. Yeah. Um. And to her point, it is difficult to play somebody who's well beloved, well known. Well, some people have done a great job. Like you know, Denzel is you know some people you know think Denzel is like Malcolm X, right? Um, yes. So you, it's possible to play a well known person. Because Tika Sumter actually played Michelle Obama in the um, the movie where they like show how they met, mm-hmm. and she didn't she did. do all the. No, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's that might be the problem. And I think if, I, if hindsight has Viola ever played, she's never a real she, person. Nope, she's never played. She's and, always and, been a character. And I think that's what the thing is: is she tried to impersonate somebody instead of just being yeah like being yeah. that person um yes you want to do mannerisms yes you want to do all those kind of things like jamie killed ray like the mm-hmm. probably was the best person to ever play a person who yeah will killed ali person. yeah will did great with ali um but still within that your your own essence of who you are has to show up yeah i mean even angela and lawrence because I, I it when i finally saw the real ike turner i'm like mm-hmm. this man is dark skinned and short yeah lawrence fishburne became Ike yeah. Turner. Like oh, yeah, yeah. when people think of Ike Turner, they think of what's love got to do with it, right? Oh, yeah. What I know. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I think in that way, like you can do their mannerisms and kind of, but he didn't change it. I mean, he talked in his kind of syncopated rhythm. Mm-hmm. I don't think he like, like, you know, and we know, but most of the way Michelle's mouth, that's just her natural form of her mouth. So to kind of right. do that, I mm-hmm. can kind of see the critique is like mocking, mimicking, and it just, yeah. and I did hear, I did see a clip, and you can tell she was trying to speak. Like Michelle versus just kind of embodying that kind of mm-hmm. confidence that Michelle always had, which I right, think right, Viola right. could have really done yeah. well. <clears throat> yeah, I think if Viola had just been Viola, and we would, I think we would have been okay with it not f- sounding like Michelle. If it yeah. just felt like Michelle, yes, then it would have been fine. Because like I said, Tika Sumter ain't the best actress in the world, but she did a pretty decent job. And did you see that movie? Yeah, yeah, with the with the her and Brock went on the first date and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that yeah, one, yeah, that one. Yeah, like she did a decent job. Yeah. Um yeah. really and, portray- and, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm no, saying within that we didn't expect her we didn't expect her to be the living embodiment of Michelle Obama. We we just 
we are more concerned about the story. Yeah, we but but, the story I, to be but to that show. point, I think she gave Trump. us Michelle. Like I felt like yeah, she gave us Michelle at that age. You know what I'm saying? Young attorney, mm-hmm. um, all the things, right? So anyway, we still love Viola. Uh, I think we she's do. taking this out as a learning lesson. So if she is offered an opportunity to play, you know, an, an actual historic figure again, because um, I would love because the passion. Even though I don't think it'll be a good match, or, although cosmetics and stuff can happen viola's passion i think we've talked about this before i would love to see viola play fanny lou hamer mm-hmm. just based on old fanny lou hamer videos oh, that yeah. passion is i think Vi- oh yeah yeah you see what i'm saying <laughs> put some put some put some weight on yeah. either cosmetically or That's what I'm saying. cosmetically or something yeah and brush that hair back Mm-hmm. Right. Well, was well, he saw us... that and how they wear merch? She ain't got to brush her hair back, wherever she just take that wig off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Give it to us. Give us. You know, sick and tired, being sick and tired. Like, give it mm-hmm. to us. Yeah. Sweat. You know, be wet on and your that's face. What I'm saying, like, and the way that she she like portrays emotion, I think she would kill that. So yeah. I'm hoping Fanny's gets... Fanny's do too. Yeah, Fanny's she she a needs story. a movie. She needs a movie or something. Um, but I feel like. Viola's gonna have way more opportunities, and we still love mm-hmm. her. We still stay in. All the greats have we had do. a bad movie. Uh, I am legend. Yeah. Um, Jamie's been in some stuff that's been bad. Denzel's been in some stuff that's been bad. Halle Berry is touted as one of the greatest actresses, but her like her list of great films yeah. <laughs> is really short. And her yeah. greatest film is actually one of the blackest films in the world, and that's Boomerang. Like that is one of my favorite portrayals. Uh, it's such a great movie. She was so authentically black and everything. Um, but anyway, Viola, we still love you. You know, so keep keep your head up, sis. Um, keep your head up, Ooh, child. Yeah. Oh, you would love this. Jaden loves California love. Oh, bless my. Nephew. He really, he, he really likes it. He really likes it. I think it's California now. I was um, what was I about to say? I was, you know, my Josh Rogers Apple Station, and it popped mm-hmm. up, and man, the guy was back. I'm about to crib walk. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he loved it. He loved That's it. A good song. All right. Um, so speaking of, you know, people who are in the good fight, the baby got into another fight. Oh, uh, he claims nigga. that Jalen Douglas and Henry Craig follow him around the Walmart. And allegedly Brian flashed a gun at him, causing mm-hmm. him to react in self-defense. Um in the end, the baby was not charged in the shooting, but he did receive a charge of carrying a concealed weapon um, that he had on him without a permit. Um, and then he also received unsupervised probation for 12 months. Uh, after the clip from the incident, you know, recently surfaced, the baby reacted by sharing the famous Tyrese meme. What do you want from me? Like, I'm not a big the baby, like, personal mm-hmm. fan. He, he, he's a mm-hmm. decent rapper. He has a certain rhythm and cadence about him. Kirk, that album, Kirk, was an album. That was really mm. good. That was like at the height of his career. Well, yeah, the height of his career. I don't think he's at that place anymore. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the baby is a textbook example of how not to handle celebrity. Like I get it on one end, defending yourself, but this dude is yeah. always, <laughs> always, it's always in stuff, putting his hand on somebody. Yeah, I, I think the issue is like it's it takes away from his music. Like, yes, yes. Like you hear more about controversy and issues and and he's talking about like what do y'all want from me like you always putting yourself in stuff so of course they're gonna bring back that old you know you killing the person in Walmart they're gonna bring that back up because you keep getting the stuff and then they're gonna question like well if he's always getting these altercations was it really self-defense or was he the one kind of starting the stuff you know um 
And think about this: him and him and the other baby, little baby, came in at the exact same time. Yes, you don't hear nothing about little baby. Could little baby get on their mic and rap and go on about his business? He does. <laughs> he just disappears. He disappears. And little he baby disappears. is a rapper par excellence. That yes. man he, can go. He said, "I just want to rap." Put, put this beat on. Let me rap real quick, and I'm just gonna just go. Somewhere and he else don't breathe. Just he just raps. He, he just does. He just raps. Just raps. That's it. He just raps. So that's all. That's know. all he was put on earth to do. His rap. He I will well. say he does it very well. I will say shout out to little baby, but no. Speaking of little baby and Meg Stallion <laughs> had a great chemistry, and recently okay. she went on an interview with Gail King um, okay. to talk about the alleged Tory Lanez incident. Uh, so it's been going on for about almost two years now, bro. Yeah, twenty twenty. Uh-huh. So she opened up about the incident, and she says that I didn't want to. I didn't want them to kill any of us or shoot any of us. So I just stepped on glass for some reason. So I just said I stepped on glass for some Mm -hmm. reason. I was trying to protect all of us because I didn't want them to kill us. Even though this person just did this to me, my first reaction was to still try to save us. I didn't want to see anybody die. So I just said I stepped on glass. That was her response of why she initially gave the false or, you know, alleged false, um, explanation around what happened and then later admitted um, okay. that she was shot by Tori in that um, CBS News obtained some text messages that revealed that the night of the shooting, Kelsey, who was with them, um, Megan's friend at the time, text Megan's security guard and said, Brian, help Tori okay. shot Meg. Um, Meg, so um, Kelsey's attorneys did not deny it. All they said mm-hmm. was that she did not have a statement. And that country to popularly, she's not being paid to be silent. So for whatever reason, okay. she is not talking, but it's not because somebody paying her not to talk. Um, Gail went on to ask, why did it happen? Was it because you and Tori were in a relationship or were you involved sexually? And this is, I'm not going to say I don't believe Meg because I have no reason not to believe her. Right. But what I will say, her response was kind of like, all right, Meg. Um, she hesitated. First she mm-hmm. asked, what do you mean? And then Gail tried had to get more, you know, um, I don't want to say explicit, but just get more direct to say, where did where y'all smashing? And she's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, and she still has, you know, she's still like, you know, mm-hmm. so anyway, she she it could have been a nervous tick. Um I I always believe women. I think that is my right. thing. I believe not only just women, I believe victims, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say that she was lying. I do think that it just makes the story a lot more colorful and gives the media and people so much more to play with. Because mm-hmm. in most cases, Brian, if I ask you, you know, did you smash your girl? What are you going to say if it was a no? No. You're going to likely just say no, right? It's just oh, going to nah, be flat nah, out. It ain't, no, like, nah. it ain't no thinking about it. It's like, uh, well, did we smash? It, 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 no, it's it, it, like, it. yeah, because most of the time when you're thinking about it, you're probably trying to say it in a way, right, to protect or whatever 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 i'm not saying that's what she was done what i am saying though is that that's how it can be interpreted um so that's how she that's how she responded to that particular question but ultimately she did say we were not dating we were really close uh we were friends we hung out like every day his mom passed too and i feel like we were bonding over that because meg um did lose her mother um so all in all this is still going on i think it's currently in court and they're you know doing all this stuff, kind of stuff now um i kind of wish it would it would die and be over um so yeah it's a lot but brian you have like you know thoughts concerns um, questions i've i don't think the interview was necessary i think sometimes you just not at this point 
Yeah, you give the interview, like, you just give the media something to kind of talk about. Shannon, it's got a, any new music coming out or something? Like, I think she has an album. I don't know how soon, but I think she does have an album coming out. Yeah, I don't, I just feel like, you know, and sit down with Gail, like, uh, I would have done like a Breakfast Club interview. Like, if I'm going to do the interview, you know, like, I feel like at least a Breakfast Club for the culture. Like, they would be able to navigate the questions and kind of do mm-hmm. it to where, give her the opportunity, you know. But I feel like Gail is not the, I'm not a big fan of Gail's uh, work, but also like her hesitation within that, um, you know, looks weird, but you know, yeah. shout out to Meg. Shout out to Meg. And we like, we hope that all of this um, boils over soon and that, you know, we can, justice is served and that, you know, I ain't going to say bygones could be bygones, but everybody goes on to live whatever lives and faces, whatever um, consequences, good, bad, or indifferent as right. a result. Now, mm-hmm. as we get ready to close out the billboard, okay, we want to do something we haven't done in a while. Okay, I'm ready for it. They don't last long. We get <laughs> to the point. We know you love it because it's everyone's favorite mm-hmm. joint. These are Josh Rogers' mm-hmm. athletic abbreviations. Mm-hmm. This week on Josh Rogers' athletic abbreviations, I'm not. I'm, you think I would probably talk about the NBA playoffs because we are in the midst of it. I'm not talking about that. I will say that the Grizzlies are up. Three to two in the playoffs. That's all that I care about versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. Brown, I had to cut the game off mid third quarter because my anxiety was too high. They were losing, and I was just like, "What is happening?" If Minnesota Mm -hmm. takes a lead in this series, I am going to cry. Mm -hmm. And so I said, "You know what? I'm going to leave this up to God." And I'm going to wake up in the morning, and I'm just going to check Instagram, and it's going to be what it is. And I woke up, and I saw all the clips of Ja Duncan. I was like, I'm take the last shot, but one second left, I saw them end up winning. I think it was one eleven to one oh nine or something like that. So shout out to the Grizzlies. Uh, preferably, there's one more game. They'll jump up out of this um, this first round and head on to whoever is next. We'll talk about that next week, though, because it'll yep, be babe. over by then. Uh, yep. But what I want to talk about right. is the NFL draft. It starts. If you listen to this, it starts today. Mm-hmm. That's ESPN. Not necessarily associated with football, but. What I will tell you is that round one will air on Thursday uh, from Las Vegas, and they doing something a little different. I don't know. Have they ever done this before? Rounds two through seven is going to be on Friday and Saturday. They separate. I know they do, like, the later rounds usually are done, like, round six, and the people that no one cares about are done the next day, but I don't, I usually thought at least the first and second round were done on the same day. Two and three are Friday, and then four through seven are going to be Saturday. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> let me show you how much knowledge I got. There are 32 picks per round because there are 32 teams <laughs> mm-hmm. in, the, in, <laughs> in the National Football League, if you didn't know what NFL stood for. And the top okay. 10 picks go as such. Jacksonville Jaguars has the first pick. The Detroit Lions okay. have pick number two. The Houston Texans have three. New York Jets are number four. New York Giants are number five. The Carolina Panthers. Brian's people are number six. The New York Giants via Chicago is number seven. I'm assuming that's some kind of trade situation. The number mm-hmm. eight is Atlanta <laughs> Falcons. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks via Denver. Seattle Seahawks, if you don't understand, that is where Russell and Sierra left to go over to. They went over to Denver. You yeah, know, yeah. that was that's, that's what that was. See, that's what that was. The body mm-hmm. part. It's now in Denver and no longer in Seattle. And number 10, the New York Jets have another pick via Seattle. All right. So, uh, Brian, at the number yes. six pick with your team, who are you expecting? Before you answer that, I also have the top 10 prospects. I've done my research. So, at number one, it is Aiden Hutchinson, um, a defensive end. 
Yes. Okay. From Michigan. <laughs> Trayvon Walker, another DE uh, from Georgia. Akeem Equinu, mm-hmm. an offensive tackle. I think that's what mm-hmm. that means. From North Carolina State. Evan Neal, another OT from Alabama. Ahmad Garner, a cornerback from Cincinnati. Gary Wilson, a wide receiver from Ohio State. Kayvon, oh, Thibodeau. Shout out to the Cosby's. A de- defensive end from Oregon. <laughs> Derek Stingley Jr., a cornerback from LSU. Um, Kyle Hamilton, a safety uh, from Notre Dame. And Charles Cross, an offensive tackle from Mississippi State. All right, Brian, bam, boom. What are you expecting? Who do you want Carolina to um, pick? Did you know any of the names I just called out? I don't know anything. I didn't I didn't <laughs> I didn't watch any really college football this year. I haven't watched college football like real hardcore in a couple of years. Okay. Um the Carolina Panthers probably need a quarterback. So even though in the top ten as far as the They don't top have 10 prospects, um um Ka- Yeah, Cameron. Cam. Y'all have Cameron anymore? I, um, I don't think well, – I think he was in a one-year contract last year, and I don't see him – he's not the future of the of the team. So, at this point, you got to kind of get a quarterback in there who you feel is is for the future. I think they also had another uh, – what's the dude name that they had? They brought from uh, Sam Bradford, I think. Is his name Sam Bradford? I, think his name, I don't know. Yeah. But at this point, yeah. Um. We need a quarterback. Panthers need a quarterback. If they don't get a quarterback, then they probably need a strong defensive player. Um, or, you know, yeah. That's how we get the strong defensive player or a quarterback. Okay. Well, with that being said, understood and accepted, my team is the Dallas Cowboys. They will not have but the top 10 picks. And I only am a fan of Dallas Cowboys because my daddy is a fan of Dallas Cowboys. And if you lived in my house, you didn't have a whole lot of choices. So with that being said, understood and accepted, Brian, are you ready to go into the living room and have this super dope conversation? Yes. I was trying to find out who the actual Carolina. Oh, Sam Darnold. Ooh, I said Sam Bradford. Sam Darnold. Okay. Is the yeah, is the current quarterback of the Panthers, and he's terrible. So we need a quarterback. Okay. Sorry. So y'all get a quarterback. I'm sure there's one lingering in the pool of draftees. Somebody's gonna have on a two big suit, somebody's about to get rich, and somebody's gonna be tempted by white women everywhere to get pregnant. Yep. So we mm-hmm. that's that's what you can really expect. Are the white women yeah. to be there ready to get all the black men. Just like that, that right. white woman who got Russell Wilson before they got divorced <clears throat> and he went on to have a body party with right. Sierra. All right. Him away. So anyway, now that that's been said, I'm still accepted. Brian, you ready to have this conversation about blackish? We're ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, good people. Welcome to the living room. We are back and we are having an official conversation. Last week we did a culture code episode. Shout out to our brother Chancey for coming on the show Thank and you, blessing sir. us on the you. mic. And always a good time. We love our brother and we appreciate him so much. Uh, and Charles, shout out to our bro Charles too over there at the podcast. Um, but this week we are back, regularly scheduled. Um talking about one of me and Brian's favorite current current favorite shows. Probably not yep. in our top five. I don't even know if it's in our top ten, but it's definitely um, a really amazing show. Had a great impact. Yes. And if you have followed the podcast, you know we've talked about it. We've mentioned Dre. We've mentioned um, Rainbow. We've mentioned our love for the real person, Tracy Ellis Ross, uh, yes. <laughs> quite a bit on this show. And um, if you also have been keeping up with culture, then you are aware that Blackish aired its final episode last Tuesday. Not just a not just a um, 
season finale, but a series finale. And yeah. I personally do not think that Blackish had a it was enough conversation around that show ending. Um, because right. of what it meant to the culture, because of the portrayal of a positive and polished, I'm using air quotes here, um, black family. Um, even with some of these problematic themes and characters and um, that, that were a part of it at, t- at times, um, I don't think we can deny the cultural impact and, you know, kind of, I want to say Blackish was at, was a part of this kind of renaissance of black sitcoms. Yeah, definitely. Because we had the 90s. Of course, mm-hmm. pinnacle mm-hmm. of black TV. And then somewhere in the 2000s, we had a couple of shows. Uh, but once they all left, you know, really, when UPN shut down, <laughs> right, um, <laughs> right, we lost all of our shows. And then for a while, there was no, we had a few black actors and actresses leading shows or in leading positions, right. but not really in all black cast and stuff. And Blackish was kind of at the forefront of that coming back. Um, right. So just to kind of jump into this conversation, giving Black is just flowers. Um, Brian, what were your overall thoughts about the show, the makeup, its origins and TV, all of the things? Uh, yes, it uh, it brought us back to the Cosby show era. Okay. Like the and I'm you know, don't no offense to anybody who's offended by the name Cosby. Uh, we know on the background we you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, are sensitive mm-hmm. to that. But um, I think it kind of brought us back to that. Um, seeing the uh, black family who is, you know, doing well, they you know, had their moments, but it wasn't some, you know, and it, it didn't take us back to like the whole, in no respect to the show, I love the show, good times kind of situation where yeah. struggling black family, you know what I mean? Um, both Bo and uh, Dre are educated. Uh, they had kids who, you know, were in private school and all the kind of things. You know, they had, you know, it, it was just a different look of how, you know, the media usually portrays black folks as, you know, always struggling, always this, always that, in a negative light. Yeah. Whereas blackish was kind of like, I kind of liked it. It was like rich people problems. It was like, we're black, mm-hmm. but we're not like poor blacks. So this is a whole nother lane we have to kind of navigate. Um, and I'm not, and, and even like middle, middle America blacks or middle, uh, 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 middle income black folks, we had to deal with certain things that, you know, every, I think we had an episode about it on here. We're talking about like how we navigate like white spaces and living in the white neighborhoods and working sure, in yeah. corporate America, like what that looks like. Right. And to me, um, how, Insecure was a reflection of us. Like you could see ourselves in insecure. Yes. I can mm-hmm. see myself in blackish. I can see myself, you know, living in the white neighborhood, working in the corporate America, you know, and having to figure things out. One to be super authentic in who you are, always being sensitive to any microaggressions and things of that nature and all that kind of stuff. So I I was one of my, you know, one of my I was one of my favorite shows. I think it was a great consistent black show. Uh, yeah. on um on a major network yeah that, ABC. you know came on the scene at a time that it was necessary uh it had a great run uh, it had some of its flaws in writing I'm sure we'll talk about that in a second sure, um, sure. but overall it was a, a a good a good show and uh, it will be missed no I agree I think just to just to start where you finished eight seasons is a long time uh, and Blackish oh, yeah. was kind of 
along like the the number of episodes was similar to what we saw in the 90s with stuff they were giving us 20 some episodes per season mm-hmm. so there's a lot of blackish content out there now this last season was i think 13 oh, yeah. or something but it's a lot of yep. content right and i think the other thing about blackish that you know I, I ain't gonna lie the season finale had me a little emotional only because i think yeah when you're invested in a show, of course, you're invested. But also, when you're dealing with real people, especially when you have families, you you see them evolve and grow, not just as characters, right. but as humans, right? So those twins, right. you know, Diane and Jack, like, they were babies. Right. Yeah. And now they're, like, 16, yeah. 17 at the end of the show, you know what I'm saying? So after eight years, you know what I'm saying? That's eight years of life, because they probably were, like, seven or eight when they started. So they're, like... 16 years old, 17 years old now. Uh, right. Even Junior was probably a little middle schooler and was a full-grown man. Oh, yeah. Um, Zoe mm-hmm. as well. You know, And even just kind of seeing how, you know, uh, Anthony Anderson and Tracy Ellis Ross's character, Dre and Bo, how they developed and, you know, the yeah. change. Because they, they did the side-by-sides at the end. They did. I loved which that. I loved I, that. Yeah, which I really loved. Um but I think I don't have really much else to add to that, Brian. I think it was super impactful. And I think it was something that we needed. Um, and even though it was, the one thing I will say is that even though it was this like positive light on black families, like you say, right. it was rich people's problem, but it was also relatable problems. Yep, definitely. Um, because if even because even if you aren't at the level of income that they were at, if you are in corporate spaces or um, even have some type of modicum of, you know, whatever, however you define success, like right. you, like that, they're, they're always, and I know at least for me, Brian, um, right. there comes a point where you have to, you know, am I still being true to my blackness? Am I, you know, authentically uh-huh. presenting or, you know, am I, have I assimilated so much that I've lost? You know, right. some of I'm it, right? Sold out, you know. Yeah, and I think they dealt, especially Dre. Uh, I think they dealt with that a lot, and but also raising children who who weren't struggling with the same struggles that they had because they didn't know the who, right. they didn't know right. some of the cultural nuances of black culture. Uh, what they knew was what they saw, and then you know we can get into that. You know how Dre tried to kind of force some of that on them because he wanted to make sure that he remained. Um, connected uh i'm gonna pivot the conversation a little bit you know we talked about his impact on the culture song but brian what what would you say and you mentioned it but let's like lean into it some what was blackish biggest impact on you uh really it was just like like i said earlier i could see myself in blackish okay i'm a black man corporate america yes right uh, have a black wife. She's not in the medical profession, but you know she has a doctorate. Shouts out to her. Um, so she's educated to educated black folks. Um, uh, have a child. They have multiple children. I have one child. Mm-hmm. We are taught growing up to success is is a certain level of money, right? And then also moving yourself out of the hood and living in certain neighborhoods, right? Yeah. So I we we've done that right the you know i want to live out of the hill i want to live in the suburbs right like all that kind of stuff um i wouldn't say if in terms of like representation i'm i'm there's no i i felt like dre was just a terrible husband and father <gasps> wasn't he <laughs> Ooh, we can get he into that. was terrible um and he just did the most and he was embarrassing most of the time because even though he understood like microaggressions he took things to the cert he took things to like the 
Unnecessary levels. Unnecessary levels. Unnecessary levels. And he named his son Devontae just to prove, like, you know, I'm going to name my son a black. But it's like, dude, but you waited. You had Andre Johnson, Jack. Diane and Zoe. Diane, Zoe. And then you want (laughs) to all of a sudden assert your blackness with his last shot and call him Devontae. Yeah. You know, here or there. But, um, yeah, I, I can just see, to me, it just seems like the the lifestyle that we I live, you know, I, not speaking for myself, but the kind of lifestyle you live too, the kind of yeah. circle we run in, we we kind of look like the blackish households. Like the way our houses are decorated and, you know, things we do and say how we dress, you know, like it's just, it's like that. It's, it's, I can just see that, that essence of that in, in terms of my personal life. No, I would agree. Like you said, like, I think, I was just saying, I, I'm not at the level where I'm making SVP and you know medical, oh, yeah, not, me, not medical yet. doctor money yet. Not Yeah, speak that. But um, so I'm not at that level. But you're right. Like we're not regular middle class people. You know, without putting all of our money right. out there, we would probably be considered that upper middle class tier. Um, yep. And that affords a certain level of privilege and a certain lifestyle that you're able to mm-hmm. to have. And mm-hmm. so, like, even with my children, and I'm sure, Brian, you will experience it even more, especially as Brooklyn gets older. But, like, Jaden, like, you know what he asked for for his birthday? What? Gucci sneakers. Like, these are the <laughs> gifts he's asking for. Right? And, like, with, and not joking. Like, and he's committed to the matter. And so it right. just, and I don't even have Gucci sneakers. <clears throat> so it just, it just speaks to, Explosion, you know, um, it just speaks to their level of exposure. Um, the mm-hmm. level of privilege that they have, and I'm not gonna lie, there there are some things that I, you know, am making sure that I teach my children. So we were right. talking about, uh, I was talking about earlier about you know Mary Jane and stuff like that. I let my boys listen to, uh, I played the D'Angelo album, All right? Um, they were listening to Miss Education Lauren Hill last week. Uh, I make them listen to old school Kirk and some of the old school gospel. And Jaden's mm-hmm. favorite gospel singer is G.E. Patterson. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know what I'm saying? So I try to give, you know, I try to give a, a, a range why he, cause he's been exposed to young boy never broke again. Asked me, daddy, have you heard the song right foot creep? I said, what is it? <laughs> Mm. I felt so old because <laughs> he was like, well, "Damn, you never heard a young boy never broke." I said, "I've heard of NBA young boy, whatever his name is." Um, I said, "But honestly, <laughs> music is I don't like it." Uh, but to that point, you know, I have my ways, but it's not as overt as Andre was as a character. Right. I'm not specifically pointing out one child to say you're my favorite. Um, oh because yeah, no. like how he how he treated Andre Junior, Junior told. was terrible. Was t- yeah. and I get it if I get it if y'all personalities clash or whatever, but like he was so out, and I think it was supposed to be uh, an over you know dramatization of like parents like that. But at the same time, it was kind of sometimes it was really cringy to watch. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna even hold you. It was really really cringy to watch. And I think in the second to last episode, when yeah, Dre finally you know kind of threw it after, like dude, love me for me, and then you know, and then kind of seeing how pops was like nah. So it kind of gave a lot of backstory. Like I was raised this way. I tried to raise my son, but then the gag to that was you didn't really do a good job raising him because you weren't around. Now you're mm-hmm. around as an older person, and mm-hmm. Dre has these really conflicted feelings about I gotta be present, but then I got all my drama of not having a dad, and the version that I did have was drama because his dad was emotionally unavailable and not so right. and all of yeah. that is placed on Junior, who's this <laughs> right. sensitive, emoting child. Oh yeah. Because he's oh, yeah. just like Rainbow. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um 
So anyway, I will say that because Josh and Jaden are very different. Um, Josh challenges me, and Josh is very expressive in his emotions and who he is, um, and Jaden too. Um, and what one thing I will take from it is that while I don't, I don't do the whole favoritism and tell one child I, I hate him and another child I love him, or and I don't think he ever told Dre he hated him, but uh, a junior that he hated him, but mm-hmm. it, he showed it. He acted like it oh, sometimes. Yeah. Um, what I will say though is that I think Dre. Even though it took him lesson after lesson after lesson, what I can resonate with, though, is that you have to love and deal with every child and situation differently. Doesn't mean I love True. you less. I just love you in your specific way. And it talk, you know, goes to the love language thing. Um, but no, I, I really appreciate that. And I and the other thing that I can resonate with is the, the whole assimilation piece. I do. I am authentically black. I represent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am who I am. Call me who I am. Um, is my phrase for the day. But at the same time, I do think that now there's a pressure. You can kind of catch yourself. Like, Wait a minute. Because mm-hmm. I know I've sat back and thought about it. Um, right. Specifically working in some of the spaces I work in, which are predominantly white. Right. right. Um, and I think my role as DEI, as a DEI manager, keeps me rooted in some ways. I'm always confronting it. But um, in so many spaces... It's it's you, you can kind of see and you deal with those microaggressions in the same ways, not in the same ways, but the ways in which they were presented to Dre, they may right. not be as loud as his boss, because they were, ooh, I don't know that I could have kept a job working at that firm. Bro, with some of the stuff. Steve was a little, man. Steve was just saying stuff, man. But Oof. but again, I think I can think it was the dramatization stuff that happened because that kind of stuff. Happen. Remember, I told you about the lawyer want me to nay nay in the elevator. Like yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Happen. It happens. It happens. It does. <laughs> it happens. It does. It it, it happens um, more frequently than you know you care to even think. And then sometimes we're so, you know, we're so used to just playing it off and just ignoring it. Yeah. That you know it probably happens even more than we even acknowledge that it happens. So. So let's. So since we talked about Dre, let's get into. Some character and plot development here. Okay. Um, because the one thing about sitcoms is that unlike sitcoms and cable based, like an insecure, like they have a story that they follow, but it's less right. of like this story. Like so sitcoms um are really like your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Like they're following like every every week is a different like day or days versus uh, it's similar to that in like these cable series type shows, but you have a specific right. story, like one uh-huh. story that you and that story is playing out over the course of whatever, whatever. Like living single, <clears throat> you know, I watch it just to be watching it. There was an episode where what's Reggie Miller's sister's name? Cheryl came in yep. and they were nemesis and they came back. The very next episode was an episode about Regine having dating problems. So no connections, oh, yeah, no. no continuity in terms of like long term, you know, that kind of stuff. Like Issa Rae, when we, when we got introduced to her brother, we kept seeing them all, right? Yep. Um, when Maxine's best friend came in, revealed she was a lesbian, her best friend. It was the first time mm-hmm. we met her and last time we ever saw her. It wasn't right? anything else. It, was, it yeah. was nothing else. And, I, and that's what sitcoms are. They, they hit issues, they deal with issues, they talk about, I think, a different world may have been the one exception that did a good job of merging the two, right. following certain like story and kind of developing that story each episode. But they still had the sitcom trope where right. you saw a whole different something the next week. It didn't really build on right. one. It wasn't like a part two. Like ooh, like you could like the beauty. The best way to describe it like this: the beauty of a sitcom is that you can pick it up at any point. A traditional Facts. sitcom and not be lost. 
If you picked up yeah. a show like a This Is Us, A Million Little Things, a series show, oh yeah, you're going to be completely lost because you have Done. no idea what's going on. Um, so anyway, so but so so sometimes it's harder to see character development in sitcoms, but you still can because while it's more situational, we see them grow from season to season and how they handle things because we have a glimpse into their life. Right. So let's start with Dre since we're already there. Season uh-huh. one, Dre versus season eight, Dre. Oh, season one, Trey. Well, I guess if you look at the last episode, spoiler alert, he... You should have watched it by now. It's been gone yeah, over by <laughs> He realizes that everything he thought that he wanted, he's like, I'm going to blow it up. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, we succeeded in what we thought the American dream was. Yes. But is that really the American dream? Mm-hmm. And then he said, I want to create, I want to follow what I consider my American dream. Yeah. Um... So I think that was that was that was great. Um, I think even within that, he was like, I think he said, "I'm going to quit my job and allow." Paraphrase: I'm allow Bo to be the breadwinner and like the to hold the hold the weight of the house. Where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think season one Dre would have you know even so macho. <laughs> yeah, so his ego wouldn't have allowed him to. To um to do that. Did they have an episode where they talked about their income differences? I feel like it had to be somewhere. I feel like that it had to. I think at one point she got like a job, she got like a promotion. And she made more than him. Yeah, I think that was the episode. I believe that was the episode. If it wasn't that they I missed the opportunity because yeah. that would have been a great episode. Which is hard to like hard to fathom that she even needed a promotion because of the type of hospital that she worked in. Yeah. Like, I understand your SVP, but you're SVP <laughs> of an urban division. Right. Right. So you probably making some good six figures, but both will probably make it in six. But at the same time, privatized companies will pay people, right? So and you talking about LA. So that might have easily been almost a million dollar salary for him. Right. So because he was knows? able to raise five kids and have a home in like the premier suburbs and still yeah, work and, and have all, and all kind of stuff. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, in terms of Dre, he did have some progression. He um, did. But I think it's one of those things like he it took him kind of like insecure our, our favorite show. It took them to the last episode, last season to be like, dang, I was tripping this whole time. It took him eight years. Yeah, I was tripping <laughs> this whole time. Like what I thought I wanted and what I thought life was, yeah, is not that at all. And 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 going back to like it was resonating with me. Like that's one of the things every day I wake up and I'm thinking, like, you know, and as we grow, I think sometimes we think to ourselves, like, is this really what life is, I'm, we've been we've been chasing this dream, this idea of what life's supposed to be, what you know our goals, hopes, and dreams are supposed to be, and then you sit back and think like, you know, we're are, is this my hopes and dreams because this is what my hope and dream is, or is it because I've been taught this is what you know my hopes and dreams sh- should be, right? Yeah, no. that's off topic, but you know, no, it's, it's, and it's on because I think that is very true to Dre. I think Dre being raised by a single mom. Um, you know, and Brian, you've talked about this before, and you probably can attest yeah. to it is that, you know, I've had other friends who are raised by single moms, and the one common factor is that there's a, there's a, and even just, I'm going to just say single parents, there's a certain level of grit and grind that is ingrained mm-hmm. in the people who I've met, right? It's this hustler's right. mentality. 
Like, right. I saw what my mom went through. She taught me how to A, B, and C. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and it's right. my job now to kind of, you know, boom, 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 boom. And I think that's part of, that was part of Dre's makeup. Like, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be real, real black. But I'm going to take care of my mama, number one, because she lived in Facts. the house. But take yeah. care of my mama. Make sure I, you know. And sometimes to a fault, right? Because he always put, he always put Ruby above. He did. Above Rainbow, which was, you know, a thing. Uh, another, Again, another I think thing. a lot of, I think one of. And shout out to um, what is his name? It's slipping me now. Creator Kenya um, Bears. Kenya Bears. Yes, uh, I think one of Kenya Bears' greatest qualities is to highlight issues and cultural nuances and things like that, um, and mm-hmm. over you know create you know over dramatize them um, so that we can it can make us think right? Um, right and even present issues in a way that makes us think. And I think all of these kind of characteristics that we saw in Dre and Rainbow and everybody was was forcing us to do that um what was i about to say but anyway i think a few characters i've noticed in my friends is that there's this really grit you know grit and grind and resilience that kind of mm-hmm. follows you through adulthood right? right and i think dre struggled with always and of course we got to about the pressure of black people we talk about this on this show time and time again the pressure of black people to feel like we got to do more, the black tax and all this other right. kind of stuff. But I think Dre doubly, like, you know, one of his biggest things, he always said this key was, I don't want to be embarrassed. Or why are you doing this at school? Um, because yeah. their, per, their portrayal of blackness really was blackish. It wasn't black right. to him, right? And he right. wanted them to look a certain way and act a certain way. And it's all because I didn't have this, so you should, you know what I'm saying? I think as every parent, you want your child to have more than what you have, but not at the expense of them losing their individuality, right? right, right. Um, because if all they know is Gucci and Louie, then it's all they're going to ever know, right? Yeah. So it's your job to keep them grounded, sure. But in keeping them grounded, I think it's less about reconnecting them to the hood. Because I remember he took them to the hood barbershop. He took them to the, the mm-hmm. restaurant. Well, I remember those episodes. But it's more about just keep teaching them not to be entitled and giving them responsibility, right. like do chores, do this, you know, so all these different types of things. <clears throat> while being able to expose them to like sitting them down and making them watch the color purple. You know what I'm saying? Even if they hate right, it, right. you know, just exposing them to some black, some black staples and stuff like that. So right. uh, I agree with you in that term about Dre. He he started off very, you know, Dre, toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ego-driven, very traditional black character, but married to a very well, I'm gonna say a very stereotypical black male character, but married to a very yeah. Very different <laughs> woman. Yes. Um, very different woman. Um, so yeah, I think I don't want to Dre didn't remain flat, but it was a long progression. It was a yeah. long progression. Um, yeah. And even think about this, I would give Dre a little bit of credit. Okay. He always he always responded quickly and his response was wrong. Yes. By the <laughs> end of the episode, if someone presented him like a solid argument or try to educate him on why he was wrong you can see every once in a while he'd be like you know what you're i right. was wrong yeah you know, uh-huh. you know you're yeah, right because yeah. there's episodes i think when he try to teach him about you know you know electronics and instagram all, all these things there were moments where it was like the whole episode he's gonna prove that he's right and then all of a sudden he realizes dang I was wrong. And then he, in some cases, would apologize. So Yeah, I think it was an episode when he was trying to teach Junior how to barbecue. And Junior found like this newer way to like cold or something. And mm-hmm. 
you know, Dre was just stuck on his way, and everybody's like, Dreams Barbecue tastes better. <laughs> it didn't take yeah. as long, and it <laughs> tastes better, right? So, you know, I think, right. again, those are the things, like, if I showed Josh, taught him how I grill, he came back and said, Daddy, I can cut this down by 15 minutes. Teach me, son, because it's hot outside. Right. right? It is. <laughs> you know it what is. I'm saying? And I think that's where Don't Dre struggled because Dre was like, the beauty of it is standing outside and talking and blah, blah, blah. But, it's, but what is the beauty of it was because our uncles and dads and whoever, this is just what they knew. So standing outside yeah. was not was less about bonding and more about this is just how long it takes. And since we all out here, we might as well right. talk and keep We might as well talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Agreed. even like with the traditional barbershops, if you think about barbershops from today and, and, and yesteryear, Brian, I know me, I used to see the barbershops in four or five hours because it was walk-ins yeah. only. Now, right. if a barber tell me he don't take appointments, bro, you don't even get my attention. Oh, who's yeah, going nah. to wait around for even an hour? No, who's going to just no, no. sit in one spot? Like, who's going to waste time like that? No, and it's even bad when you get there and your, your appointment's at 10 15. Or I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. And the person is still in the, in the chair getting cut. And it's like, I'm going to wait. And they're not on their lineup. They're like getting no, cut. They're still getting cut. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. It's frustrating because yeah. I build my days around the ability to do that, right? To, to right. get in there, get out, you know, spend an hour, however long it takes me to be in a barbershop, right? So I think, and that's the one thing I think to Dre's, to what you said, he would, he would have quick recovery time in some situations. But I think most of that was based upon, again, him staying committed to -hmm. these traditional ideas and thinking that his blackness was monolithic. Right. Yeah. And he, and it should have applied to everyone. If it didn't look like that, it was not black. It wasn't it. And Mm -hmm. I think that was his consistent challenge. His family, his coworkers, everybody challenged that. And he often hated it. Oh man, I just thought about that. His blackness, he, he thought blackness was a monolith. Yeah. Cause even even when he treated Bo, he treated Bo like as if she, cause one she's biracial, but then yep. two she was raised on a commune. So he, the whole, that's even the black, white, and different. That's a <laughs> yeah, that's a thing, right? He, you know, throughout the whole show, she had to continue to prove her blackness to her husband, you know, and explain like yeah, I'm black, but there's different levels of blackness, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's 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 true. So let's talk. Let's talk about Bo. Okay. How do we feel about Bo- Dr. Rainbow Johnson? Uh, I love Bo. I love Bo because she is yeah. a um, duality. Yes. Bo, one of my favorite episodes was there was an episode where uh, Bo was trying to prove to Andre that she was a better person than him. I think I remember that this she was episode. more conscious about things and all this kind of stuff. She cared about society and this, this, and that. And then at the end of the episode, he rolls up to her and she's eating a hamburger while listening to Ain't No Fun by Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she, she walks around as if like, you know, Dre is just terrible and, and you shouldn't eat meat. And she comes off kind of judgy and preachy at times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she had to realize like, I'm not as good as a person as I think I am. Because I'm literally listening. I'm eating beef. I'm eating an animal, right? And I'm listening to one of the most misogynistic, oh my God. toxic songs that in the song history is- of the world, but it's so good, <laughs> you know. You know, it, it, but that's 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 how a lot of us are. As the duality of us, always like we, like granted, you know, I know it's a terrible song, you know. And if Brooklyn's in the car, I'm not listening. It ain't no fun. Oh, yeah. she's not in the car. I'm blasting it. I'm dead. It's a terrible song. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm listening to it. Like I'm listening. I'm gonna enjoy it. Yeah. Um. Do I understand? Like you know, veganism. I understand. You know, all that kind of things and considering animals and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm gonna eat a hamburger. Like I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna um, eat my chicken. Yeah, I'm eat my chicken. My but swine. I think that, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. But the lesson I guess within the episode is and went in Bo's life in general is that like none of us are perfect, but we need to just as Dre was so staunch in his blackness. Sure. Bo had to realize that like I'm not as righteous as I think I am. Um and I'm not as, you know, hippie as I think I am. I am just as if not, you know, materialistic title, I don't know if titleistic is a thing, but you know, you know, yeah. wanting title to driven, I think for sure. title driven, driven. Yeah. um um you know, she wanted to be respected and yeah you know, win the awards just as much as everybody. Um, even though she also wanted to be extremely humble, but you know, and that's a lot of us. That's, you know, a lot of us, we want to be humble because we're taught to be humble, but also we also want the accolades. We want the awards. We want to have some level of achievement, you know, no pun intended. We want to be, you know, to have that in our lives as well. So that's my thought about, about rainbow. And you know what? And I think that that is fair, right? Because if you reach a certain level of your career, Brian, you don't want to be just a manager or a director or whatever. No. At some point, like somebody asked, Asha's grandfather actually asked me, what was my um, my five-year career goal? And I told him, I plan on being somebody's VP of DE&I mm-hmm. in five years, mainly right. because I'm in a role where I'm in a manager level. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm in a role that will basically. I'm and Brian, you know this. I'm my the role that I'm in is the first, the first iteration of this role. So right. I'm literally creating the blueprint. So everything right. that I'm doing as far as work, it's all of like I can use this as my resume to say I built this, I created this, I did this, I did that, which is not only experience in the field, but it's more leverage than the person right. coming from a, a traditional DEI space. They're just kind of working in the role, building on what's already there. I created these things, right? right? So my level of research and depth in it is probably a little bit, not necessarily better, right? But right. it's just a little bit more advanced maybe than someone else who I may be competing against. So I feel like within five years, I can leverage all of this work to either right. one, get a really big promotion where I am, or, you know, as the textbook millennial that I also am, <laughs> transition <Right>. somewhere <laughs> else and be in that space where I can command, you know, some really strong figures. Um, right. And so saying all that to say, I don't think there was anything wrong with Bo, you know, stretching out for achievement, but she was oh, yeah, she nah. was elitist. And I don't think she oh, wanted yeah. to. She didn't want to come to terms with that. Even when yes, it was even when good. good point. Good point. Even when she was trying to figure out or helping her children figure out their school choices, she was always mm-hmm. pushing the Ivies. And, oh yeah. Uh and I think she she never talked down about like when Dre wanted Zoe and them to go to Howard or whatever. But she I was like, what about Brown? You can go to Brown, yeah. you know, and I get mm-hmm. it as a parent. Well, you want Yale your child and Princeton to, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you want your child because I want Josh. I want Josh and Jane to go to HBCUs, flat out. But we're yeah. going to definitely be highly encouraging Morehouse and Clark, like, and it's just by virtue of you know, and me more so because I got two boys. And you know, sorry, Ashley, right. you know, but Morehouse, right? And Morehouse has an elitist connotation to it as well. Um, but however, you want that for your children. Um, You know, most parents do. They will encourage their alma mater. But I think for Rainbow, though, it was different because I know for me now, 
you know, we were just talking about Morris Brown. So if my son mm-hmm. coming about certain HBCUs, you'll be like, all right, are you, have you done your research about this HBCU <laughs> in particular? You know, right. because every I love all my HBCUs, but all of us have our um, struggles and some greater than others in terms of resources yes. and what's available. So, you know, I will have a real conversation. However, uh, I wouldn't stop them if they've done thorough research and said, I'm going for I'm going to Rust College. <laughs> In Mississippi, because they mm. have the best agricultural program, and Dad, I want to be a farmer. Like I'm like, well, right. bet you know what I'm saying. That makes <laughs> that makes, that makes sense, right? But if you're just saying right. I'm going to FAMU because all my friends going to FAMU, then why are you really going to FAMU? Right? And FAMU is right. a great school, but if that's right. your reason, I think. But Bo was like, nah, the Ivies. I am a doctor. Recognize me as doctor. Um, the time right. she got passed over for promotion, you know, she, there was this sense of entitlement that she felt like she, you know, deserved it. Mm-hmm. And even when I think another woman of color got it, she was like, oh, you did this because you don't want a black woman, you know. So if she and and some of that could have been true. You're right. Because that happens. You know, companies try to check off them box, them proverbial boxes. Oh, I yeah, still yeah. believe that happens. Um, happens. We can get a woman of color, they got to be a black woman, right? We still have diversity. Um, yep. So, anyway, I um, I think Ray, Ray, I think Rainbow was far more complicated than she wanted to admit. Yep. And me and you talk about this a little bit offline. I think in the show Mixed Ish, we saw some of the roots of her complexities, but we uh-huh. never really saw. The growth and development of it, because if mm-hmm. if anybody watched the show Mixedish, you understand, and even with Blackish, you understand where she comes from: the commune, the hippie parents, living off the land, right. all those other kind of stuff. But in Mixedish, you see that when the when they left the commune, they lived this very, and using air quotes again, normal life, right? right? And they were in a place of privilege because Bo's grandfather was a rich attorney who had a beach, a summer home. <laughs> That they lived in yeah. rent free, you know. So, right. so they, she was always privileged, but yeah. she ended up becoming like everything. Like to Brian, you made this point. Everything that her father was like, that ain't what we do. Yeah, she literally became <laughs> all those things while still right. trying to just ooh, just like Dre, living in this opposite truth, but uh, but uh-huh. still trying to reconnect herself back. Yep. And that's what Dre did too. Was fully yep. sick, was always like, but and I'm not saying it. And I think that's and I think that is one of the difficulties that black people feel in success. That yep. if if we go to a certain level, we feel like we're abandoning where we came from. And I don't think that that's right. true. No. Um no. I don't, I just don't believe that that's true. I feel like I can still be connected to who I am, where I came from, without necessarily going back to it. Yeah. 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 I, I think. I think, you know, going back to your earlier point as far as growing up, how you grow up, and then they, they're kind of the chip on the shoulder and the, and the yeah. thing that kind of pushes you through, like, that's the thing that you always, like, you're always going to be Memphis. Forever. Forever. Regardless of where you go in life, what city you go to, Memphis, man, that is what it is. Like, I'm from Pomona. That is what it is. It's never going to change. But just because, like, I'm not there doesn't necessarily mean that that place is not inside of me and it's not who made me. For sure. Um, and granted, there's things along the road that have, you know, in, have added to where you are. So, like, you know, I'm Pomona growing up. I came, but I came to Atlanta. I'm an adult in Atlanta. So, Atlanta, Metro Atlanta, uh, Amaretta, whatever her name is. Um, sure, Metro what you're Atlanta. talking about? <laughs> it had an influence on me. Yeah. Right? Um, so, that kind of made me who I am. Because all these places and space that make us who we are. So, just because we're not necessarily tap to the culture, tap to the community, or tap to this, tap to that, um, or have air quotes left it, 
it's never left us. Yeah. No, and no, we've no. Never no, abandoned I, that. No, I, I, I'm, I'm hundred, hundred percent with you because even if we go back, probably thinking about even high school. Like I didn't abandon my high school friends. One, we grew apart. No. We were in high school, but at the same right. time, where life took me, took me to, and I'm gonna use, you know, our boy Chef the authors were an elevated experience. Right. So not right. necessarily where it's better, but because of what I've obtained and certain privilege that I have now. So again, like I still got love for Hillcrest. Hillcrest is in me, Whitehaven, the community is in me. Right. But if, if I moved to Memphis, I would not live in Whitehaven. And it's not because I don't feel exactly. safe. Right. It's not because I don't feel right. safe, but Whitehaven has some really some real um solid parts of that community still. It's just right. that I, I just the type of home because it's an older community as well. So the type mm. of homes and stuff that is existing there i don't necessarily want to live in right and the type right. of um amenities that i would need because some there have been some divestments from that community the type of amenities right. that i now require you know are not there right but it doesn't mean right. that i wouldn't give back it doesn't mean that i wouldn't you know put my finances and my time and my work into spaces that advances that community it just means that right. i personally am in a space you know because if we go back to the season finale when they moved out of the suburbs they went to another mm -hmm. suburb they just went to the rich the oh, bougie yeah. black the, suburb right black, you know yeah. yeah the black neighborhood so like but it was still for them the reconnection of we ain't gotta like we ain't gotta put on you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, oh, we ain't got to right. deal with the the Janine, the neighbor next door. Because uh, yep. we saw at the end when a uh, Hispanic family moved in, she brought them tacos. And they, they, they were like, we don't speak, you speak English, girl. Get away from us. <laughs> um, but that's the kind of stuff you, it's like, even when they, you know, when their parents are moving, like they had bets in the neighborhood about them. She said, and I bet, you know, the number one <laughs> bet was Atlanta. Like, girl, you know what I'm saying? But again, microaggressions. Um, yeah. But not to get stuck here. Let's let's go through any other character you want to you know mention, whether that's Diana, Jack, Zoe, Junior, <sighs> Ruby, Pops. Uh, Jack was the flattest. Jack was the flattest. I, I do yeah. think at a point they was finna make him real stupid. Yeah, they fixed it and just kind of made him a little ditzy. Yeah, because it was cause... it was going it was going there, but I saw like in seasons maybe well, I want to say six or seven is when they kind of made the turn and he wasn't yeah, he wasn't going I, to the wall though because that's where he was headed yeah yeah um cause I don't I, I understand being naive but he was like just like silly stupid yeah I mean, he he never really to grew. me the best example of that kind of character are Sinclair and Overton which is why I love the show they weren't dumb yes. they were just mm -hmm bubbly and goofy and like you said a little naive but that yeah. was it but they weren't dumb the, mm -hmm. some of these shows make these characters dumb and I don't yeah, like it like, like Junior off of uh, Wife and Probably Kids the worst. Just, just dumb Gerardo, Faldo, Gerardo, whatever his name yep. is just dumb Mm -hmm. um, um, what's Cole. his name I'm about to say Cole, Cole got dumber Kim when they went from Oisha to the Parkers complete pivot yeah like <clears throat> what is he we need to get rid of that character. We do. We do. We need to destroy it. Yeah. I, I don't, that character. That's, and, to, and going like black history in terms of sitcom, like Amos and Andy. Uh-huh. Like y'all, that same, you know, yeah. step and fetch kind of like, you know. And I you think know, the, the naive friend is real. Because I got one in my friend group. And you know who I'm talking about without me saying mm -hmm. his name. Mm -hmm. But he's not mm -hmm. dumb. He's just right. real naive. There's an innocence about them. I'll say it that exactly. way. Exactly. That yes. makes them kind of like, oh, 
And like I said, like Sinclair, she knew, and even Overton, when he would give his little pop, you know, country wisdom, it was just, he grew up country. He probably was a, right. a country man, blue collar family from Ohio, and that's all right. he knew. And Sinclair, right. bubbly, ditzy, sheltered girl from Minnesota, is right. you dropped her in, in Brooklyn. The big city. <laughs> and you dropped her in Brooklyn, like here, and she like, you know what I'm saying? But, like, yeah, but to your point, it's like a level of sincerity and kind of like just they don't know. It's they just, don't know versus I'm stupid. <laughs> I'm just dumb. Yeah, and I get dumber as the seasons go yes. by. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jack was flat. Diane, I enjoyed her. She had a lot of mm-hmm. great comedic timing. I right. what I didn't enjoy sometimes, and not to where I want to say I didn't enjoy it, but with Diane, sometimes I think. <sighs> I just think she was too extreme in terms of like everything that she was into, like wanted to oh. destroy Charlie, all like the nemesis, like almost this villain, yeah. like it was Evil. it was weird. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and if you want to get and if you want to get into it, we can be like that, you know, tropes, dark skin black girl. Yep. Evil. Evil, you know what I'm saying? Mean, like, yeah, the you know, you know, all all of that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's just like why does she? I can understand if she was like the smart, sarcastic friend or person yeah but like they took it to levels where ooh, you got bombs you got knives i want to see all your knives right. like like what what you know. yeah <laughs> what um junior is probably was one of my favorite characters yes i ain't gonna hold you yes emotional intelligent he is everything he he grew in and he probably had the best and, development <clears throat> yeah and and, and i want to air quotes he grew in his masculinity like, yeah. and he grew in spite of his dad being yeah terrible, terrible you know what I'm to saying? him, like, terrible to him, yeah, terrible to him. And he grew and he learned things, and even though he was naive at a lot of things, he learned some things. Like, so I would say, if I would give my award for best development, I probably would say Junior. It's Junior for sure. It's Junior for because we yep. saw him go through heartbreak. We saw him try to figure life out. We saw him. Do the whole college thing and realize it wasn't for him. Like we saw mm. it all move out just yeah. to move back in and have a serious girlfriend and support that girl and try to be the you know the best man that he could be. Shout out to the movie, like all the things, right? right? Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, take I care of his brother. Take, take care, care of, of his brother. Demonte. Yeah, and I think sometimes he was dramatic. You know, they were over um, dramatized. You know, some of his character. And I think they just like again. I think that's kind of Kenya's thing. But overall. Um, Great character, Zoe. She was she was only in there like the first four seasons, maybe. Yeah, yeah so all Zoe, to my, my opinion, all Zoe's development was in Grownish. Grown-ish. Like she didn't develop. Her real development was in Grownish. Yeah, yeah, it was in college. Because even and when she came back at the finale, she was still like the airhead Zoe. I'm like, girl, where, where is where is college Zoe? Yeah, college Zoe, <laughs> who's gone through things and learned and, and traveled yeah. and is cultured. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, um, but even she was to me, she was kind of like just on the episode, and she was just there. She yeah, was. It was. Kinda, it was, was kind of weird. Like you don't belong here. Yeah. After they took her off, every time she reappeared, it was kind of like, "Why are you here?" Right. Which like, was also kind of weird though, too, because she literally was like a few hours away. Which another another thing of like that they why missed. didn't never she? Came. I mean, and I get it, but you never came home. <laughs> I feel like there was like holiday episodes, and she wasn't and she there. Wasn't and it was there. like. And then, and the lack of continuity is then that they never 
she they didn't do nothing on Gronish for those same holidays because Gronish aired in the summer. <laughs> right. And, and, <laughs> right. Yeah. And so and and to and even to that point, like I know, okay, we see she had some internships. We know that she traveled around the yeah. world with Joy. That was the last few seasons, bro. The right. last. So what I'm saying. So. <laughs> so she never was at home during summer, summer break. break. So she was Hopped never in on break. for a fall break, like nothing. They brought her back in, I think, at special times when, like Michelle, the Michelle Obama episode, she I think was there. Yeah. A couple of other times she popped in, and, and well, you live, but you live made, in LA. Yeah, but that made it. They made it even more awkward. Like you know, this show is now you're not here. Yeah, and then when you pop in, literally as like a, this, you're a guest. You know, whatever. But anyway, um, yeah, pops and Ruby, pops and Ruby. They've had some love, some development too. They, they went from did. hating each other. Um, they even had some, even though they're they were both deep into their beliefs. He was like a shysty, you know, always trying to scheme type person. But he grew and out she of was it the, eventually. Yeah, he grew out of it, and she, and she was the overly religious uh, and stereotypical, like it blessed me so much sometimes, though. But not the mother, um, but not the, the bad mother-in-law part, but the but her the well, black her Jesus overly part. religious. <laughs> oh yeah, that was great stuff. Um, as a real as a real character, like we, we all know, mm-hmm. some folks that everything is about you know everything spiritual. Um, but even to see them develop over time and admit their faults in their relationship, also I loved Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, no, uh, I can't think of the de- this real of the character's name. Him admitting that he was a terrible father. Oh, yeah. And a terrible husband. Um, and that allowed them to kind of get past some spaces where they were of hating each other um, because he and she was also able to admit that they made mistakes and also come to Andre and be like, Dre, like, give your son and your kids a break because we jacked you up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we. A lot of the stuff that we told you, and even though they had like all their little sayings and thought processes that they would keep trying to tell the grandkids, they understood like that, like that Dre had it better than them, and that their grandkids have it better than Dre. So, like Dre, leave them kids alone because you know we gave you what we had because we didn't know no better. Yeah, and now you have to allow them to grow, and and. And and do better than us because, you know, you should know better, Dre. In in, in that, so I, I like I like them. If they had a TV show, I don't think there's rumored that they have a TV show. I'd give it a shot. Yeah, no. So there were. I actually thought that their um their exit in terms of them going to travel the road and be you know the old couple together was going to be sooner than the finale because I thought it was going to kind of be like grownish in the sense mm-hmm. that we see them go ahead and start while this is ending. So to your right. point, maybe it got green lit and then pulled because that was like a mm-hmm. full release about oldish. But Jennifer right. Lewis just started a brand new sitcom yeah, with, some with some white people. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe because Mixish didn't do well, they didn't take a mm-hmm. chance on oldish. But I right. feel like Jennifer Lewis, Jennifer Lewis and Lawrence Fishburne are such staples in the black community. We would, I think, I would love to see them be Bunny and Clyde, yeah, and try and travel the world and you know and do the and, thing and and be their loud black in every lost, space in every space and even and with Blackish being gone, you know, letting Bo and Dre pop in and pop because yeah. Junior's going going now going to be on Grownish, so we're not yep. we're going to see him. Uh, yep. So he's the one character, and Zoe, of course, are the two characters we will continue to see. 
And we'll probably see the rest of them at some other point too, because that's right. still her dad and whatever. But um I just want to get to this before we wrap up. Okay. Devontae, the most unnecessary person. He could have done yes. what um uh, what's that girl our family matter? She went up them steps. Uh uh Judy. Judy. He could have went in his crib and Never came back out of it. Facts. Um, me and Brian were talking about offline, and what we came to the conclusion was that Kenya Barris used this show to highlight black struggle, black issue, black triumph. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we go through as black Americans is our names. Right? right. Now, me and Brian have pretty, you know, what they would consider standard or normal names. I'm Joshua. Uh-huh. Brian is uh-huh. Brian. Right. And Brian right. even has a very corporate middle Allen. You know, yeah. I, I am Jermall. Right. That thing, that, <laughs> now, that, that's how my mama got colored on the middle name. <laughs> but even our last name. So if you just saw us on paper, Joshua J. Rogers or Brian Allen right. Hare, right. without speaking to us or looking us up, you would know that we were black just by name. Right. Right. And when they found out Bo was pregnant, I think Kenya wanted to do two things. One, show life of a successful black woman navigating career, pregnant, right. late pregnancy, right. all the things that come with that, right? We know that's a those are several different intersections. Oh, yeah. With right her down. pregnancy. Black woman, black doctor, career driven, super mom, super person, older, like all the things. But Dre also wanted to, going back to that, you know, reconnection. Wanted to name this child something black. Right. And he chose Devontae from Jodeci. Um <laughs> And to Brian's point, Brian said early offline that you had a Zoe. You had a Dre mm-hmm. Jr. You had a Diane, mm-hmm. which is a kind of a regal black woman's name, but still Diane. And right. a Jack. And then you went from all of that to Devontae. Devontae. And then once Devontae's born, <laughs> for about four or five years of his little life, that boy never talked. <laughs> he never had any real acting chops. To say what you want, but there were little characters in shows right. that had real acting roles or whatever. And there were moments where Devontae was completely absent from the family. Right. Now I'm talking about family moments. The whole family's there. <laughs> and no Devontae. And it's just no like, what is this child? Why was he even here? Right. Like, uh, um, like Rudy, how old, I don't know how old Rudy was, but Rudy was little. Like you know, the little white uh, girls. Um, yeah, uh, Am- Mich- the cracked out twins. Yeah, they were really small, yes. right? And Drake Simone uh, when she first started. Yeah, um, the little kid Nikki, little Nikki from Fresh Prince. They understood that like a baby wouldn't make sense in the show. So let's make him five. Let's just grow him up. Real <laughs> let's quick. just grow. That was and give that him was these, bad too, but still, <laughs> right? But let's give him like these these spaces to like kind of bring a different dynamic to the the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they were a little sloppy in that that they wanted they were to show real sloppy. You know, having the baby, what that's like, like I say, and then even I think they had like some marital issues after that because the, the dynamic shifted. Oh yeah, because that um, episode that almost got divorced. That was an amazing episode. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was a good dark, dark, dark episode. Yeah. I like dark episodes. Um, uh, yeah, they threw that in there, and then after that, it was kind of like, all right, you know, what do we We've do with, dealt with everything we're gonna deal with with new baby? Yeah, and and to your point, I would have rather them just. Show us choosing the daycare, like the stuff that yeah. real black people with little kids, and how you navigated that with all that you got going on, like the the actual show. Yeah, you know, do you sit in a daycare? Do you let Ruby stay at home? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because 
if you have the privilege of a grandparent, you'd be like, you watch until he can go to big school. Right. You know, Ruby had no, had no job. She <laughs> they, wasn't doing nothing. She was she literally was going to doing church. nothing. <laughs> going to church. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and I think there was so much potential with Devontae, uh, specifically as he reached the quote unquote four and five year mark. Because my kids, Brooklyn's talking to you now, ain't she? Yeah, so and she, she ain't yeah. nowhere near four or five yet. Nah, and she's two and a half. And you know what I'm saying? Two and a half, and she's talking. So I think the fact that this boy was not, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not here to trivialize autism or any, um, you know, diseases or issues that you know affect the brain and development. Mm-hmm. But if he, I would have much rather we saw how do you deal with a differently abled child. That would have been good. Versus just having this child that's never there when he is there, he's just in the room. Smiling, mm-hmm. what? Just there, <laughs> just there. He's just yeah. there. <laughs> it made those, yeah. and there were even some promo video show shoots that Devontae wasn't even in. It was just they were sloppy. It was, it was, yeah, yeah. They were, it was sloppy. They didn't, I don't think they thought that one through. And honestly, I would have preferred them just act like he didn't exist at, at some point because we would have got over it because we we know it's television. We know it's television. Or to yeah, your point, know. pull a Fresh Prince and make him ten. Yeah. <laughs> Grow them up real quick. You know, um, right. give him some lines. Give like, him some lines. You know. Or maybe or maybe here's the other thing. The child that they cast that was a bad wasn't an actor. But find one. We you know how many times characters have switched? Right. Two Unvias, two Harriet's. Um the Jeffersons had two Lionels. Like mm-hmm. it's fine. We we wouldn't care. Yeah, even even though my wife and kids, uh, Claire was the. Oh yeah, Claire. We yeah. had a dark skin Claire. And light skin they had a dark skin Claire. They had a light skin Claire. You know what I'm saying? So I like you that. know, these things have changed before. It can change again. Um, yeah. Any closing thoughts, bro? Before we just wrap this up. Um, closing thoughts are it was well done. Yeah, overall um, for sure. Closing thought is that what do we have left? Right, we lost insecure. Ooh. We lost Blackish. Yeah. Two of our staple black shows, representations of who we are. So, what do we have to look forward to? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that kind of. We know woke just came back, but is woke really a a? a is that a mirror? Nope, you not at I mean? all. And and I don't think it has the reach and impact. I don't think it ever will because I just finished the second season. Yeah. It's only eighty episodes. Um. So yeah, I, I don't know, bro. Yeah, so that's my that's my only concern is like what what where's our mirror, um, and this we had this groundbreaking show, um, for eight years. Like, what do we have next? That's gonna, you know, and then this is us is leaving, right? You know, that's another strong black family in a white show in a white show, but right? Own black family, yeah, <laughs> strong for sure. black family. They're the strongest family on that show. Um, <laughs> And, you and know that what I mean? says so like, a lot, right? The strongest couple, the strongest marriage, all of that is from the black character. So, right, yeah. So within that, like, what do we have to, you know, to see? And yeah, yeah. to me, I don't want to be another twenty years before we have another. To get another show, and there could, yeah. and I know Sage Entertainer has that show with him and Tashina Arnold. I've never watched it, mm-hmm. and I don't know how black and representative it is. I think it's called The Neighbor or Neighbors. Yeah, yeah I think like I've that. never watched it, so I can't speak to it. Um, but outside of that, I don't know because I know Grownish is there, but I'm not a college, I'm not an undergrad student. So like no, for me it, and you, I don't know what we have. There's some other shows that I enjoy, like all the drug and crime stuff, like Power oh, yeah. Book and Black. But that's not my life. Yeah, you know, sometimes I think about selling drugs so I can make money. 
but I do. All, all the time. But that's not my life. And then even P Valley, like, that's not my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's like, all, and I think all those shows are escapes. They are. You know, they're all escapes. And while that stuff happens, right, it's not, yeah. it's not connected to us in yeah. any way. It's escapes for us. Whereas, like, to me, again, Insecure, like, I'm jumping in that, ep- in yes. that show and... I'm like in. I'm a character in that show. For sure, like it's, I can jump in that show. And I can feel like, oh, you know, if, you know, even though Dre's much older than us, like I can see us being in those environments because yeah. it's, it's real. And even with this and um, this is us, even though they're white, you're talking about late 30s, early 40s. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying. While that, I'm not in my late 30s yet, you still, you, you know, I can still see, I can still see myself some in Randall. You know what I'm oh, saying, yeah. and you know, and all that different kind high of high achieving, and, yeah, and even know, Kate and them, like as they're navigating and, new marriages and the challenges. And, if you've been keeping oh, up, the challenges with oh, the yeah yes. with the babies and what that means for long distance yeah. and travel, like all of that stuff, right? So all of it, yeah, yeah so, that's a good show. Yeah, the only I guess the only thing that makes that different is that the majority of the cast is white, so some of right. the cultural nuances are missed. But right. yeah, I don't know what we. But, I don't know that there's another show right now. Well, we can see it leave. all. So, yeah, yeah. So that's my closing thought. It's um, great run. Yeah, um, I, I love to see it. Shout out to Kenny and Bear. Shout out to the whole cast of of, of Blackish. Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for giving us to the culture. Uh, and I'm just prayerful that we have something else um, that we can kind of uh, lean on to because I don't want us to lose. <sighs> I can keep going. We lost Scandal. We lost man, I, all these black lead shows. How do you murder? So, we lost them all. Yeah. yeah, we lost them all. So we haven't at this point. We don't have anything. Yeah, we got Bel Air. That's there. That's new. That yeah, that is new. Yeah, that's there. But anyway, uh, I agree, bro. I don't have anything else to add. Um, let's get into some black person self care. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Usa. Usa. All right, we're here at Black Person Self Care, where we kind of talk about some things that we're going to be doing to uh, just make us feel better, make us uh, protect our black selves, build our black bodies up, and even our black minds. So, Josh, what are you doing or planning on doing in the near future to uh, take care of your black self? Yeah, man. So this weekend, um, I am. What am I doing? I'm probably just, I'm probably just gonna you know go with the wind. I don't have necessarily any plans, but I do. The weather's getting mm-hmm. nice, so I wouldn't mind going out. Um, I'm just going to keep it real. I've been in the house the last few weeks, so I wouldn't mind being in the streets a little. Um, <laughs> but And then, Ash and I, I don't know if we shared this on the podcast, we crossed a big milestone. We were you know, house shopping and home hunting, so we we are done with that process. We are building a brand new home from the ground up. So oh, look at God. Look at God. He's so amazing. Congratulations. So, thank you, sir. So while our, some of our Saturdays were um, filled with tours and all this other kind of crap, we don't have that anymore. Um, so just kind of util- taking some of that time back to live and enjoy life, you know, especially since mm-hmm. it's getting warm and festivals are popping and, you know, I can wear my short shorts yeah. soon and all that different kind of stuff. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but I do know that I'm going to take this weekend to be in the moment. And I'm going to piggyback on that as well because I don't have anything planned um, and I have been working and traveling for the last couple of weekends. So I do want to, again, like as you would say, take this this weekend and just not do anything, not plan anything. Do something, but don't plan anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a, a great way to do some things. Okay. I love that. Um, so 
Brian, do we have anything yes. in the P.O. box? Let's see. Yes, we have something in the P.O. box. All right, let's get over there and let's do it. All right, good people. We are back at the post office box, and our mailman, Rodney Jenkins, has delivered on time, as he always does. But before we get into it, we want to let you know that you too can be featured on the show by writing in to ask the jigsaw at gmail.com. That is ASK, the jigsaw at gmail.com. We will read your letter aloud on the show. We will give you a pseudonym because we respect your privacy and your pronouns. And then we're going to give you the best non professional therapeutic advice that you can get on Cicely Tyson's internet. So, Brian, yes. who do we have and what do they want? Pronouns. All right. He, him. Ooh. James Evans. James Evans. Damn, damn, <laughs> damn. <laughs> uh, what a day. Uh, all right. So, James Evans reads, What's up, fellas? I love the show and so glad you niggas came back, right? We're glad we're oh, be back as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, I was missing my weekly dose of my favorite homeboys. As a side, that nigga Chancey is hilarious. Shout out Chancey. He sure is. Shout out <laughs> Chancey. Check them out on the AF podcast on anywhere, anywhere podcasts are um, streamed. Um, uh, please give us more collabs with him and Charles in the future. We sure we will. We got you. Um, all right. To my question, I started my fitness journey in 2020 during the pandemic. At the early stages, like most folks, I was eating while stuck in the house. Because I struggled with weight loss, it was easy for me to gain weight. So since the gyms were closed, I started with the basics like push-ups and going for runs. Uh, As the world started to reopen, I went back to the gym. And let's just say a nigga is summertime ready. All right. So now my girl was super supportive of my goals and process, but now that I am toned or whatever, she doesn't want me to go to the gym, uh, questioning why I'm there and policing my social media. I, you know, I know y'all really don't cuss, but I'm a, I'm a curse, guys. I know y'all really don't cuss, but shit is <laughs> annoying. Uh, bleep that if you have to. We're not gonna bleep it, but you know, um, I don't know how much longer I can keep dealing with. What seems like just insecurities? How do I proceed? What does a conversation even look like with her? Brian, I heard you say that you are losing weight, and everyone knows Josh is trained to be a power power ranger. So, any advice would help coming from the two (laughs) men in relationships? Appreciate it, James Evan, who's keeping his head above water, making (laughs) way when he can. Temporary layoffs. Good times. Easy credit ripoffs. Good times. Scratching and surviving. Good times. Hanging in a chow line. <laughs> Good times. Ain't we lucky we got First of all, you ain't looking to have none of those, but ain't we lucky we got them. <laughs> bum, 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 Good, Good times. times. Brian, you want to go first? Because first of all, uh, hey, I he go. insulted me. <laughs> <laughs> um so to this point if i had if i had a, a really nice body i would be on the gram and i would not care what the woman guy said <laughs> <laughs> let it all hang as, as mr penniman would say let it all hang let it out. all hang out. shoot um, up in your boot brother shoot up in your boot like <laughs> to me like it's it's 2022 <laughs> like insecurities are are it's the, that's a personal problem 
right? Um, and granted, you want to be conscious and you want to be respectful of your, sure. your relationship and your spouse and your partner, whatever they may be. Um, but at a certain point, you got to just live. Like, you got to do what you got to do. If you're, as long as you ain't out there being just completely disrespectful with your relationship to where, like, say, you got your shirt off and you in a thong, like, <laughs> as a man, like, you got your just, just, just balls and everything just hanging out and you thirst trap into a, a whole nother level. Um, and your partner says something about that. But if you're out there just in the pool, if you working out, you are out on the town, got your shirt off and, or you may have your shirt low cut or your shirt's tight. And you, like to, to me at that point, it's kind of like, you, it is what it is. Um, Cause granted, like if I, like I lost a lot of weight recently, but I gained a lot of weight. So I'm like trying to get back to a good place. Uh, and then, of course, I do want to, you know, get, you know, like Josh, right? Yeah. Um, but if I get to the, to that Josh level, I don't want to put in the work to Josh level because I know Josh <laughs> works out like two two times a day and eats extremely clean. Um, and I don't want to do any of those things. <laughs> but if I were to Josh's level, like y'all hoes will tell me nothing. Like, I what? I'm out here. I'm I'm every day. I'm climbing the stone mountains as I take my shirt off <laughs> and post it on the ground. all the things no i don't care um so within that i I think i guess to answer the question as a person being in a relationship um i do feel bad that you don't feel like you receive the level of support um that you would like yeah um have the conversation say hey this is the conversation i love you i appreciate you i'm here with you um but i definitely want to get these shots off because i want to you know showcase my my what i've done my work yeah, i put in for sure um and if you feel like a certain level of insecurity to where you feel like um you know it, it, take a picture with her like you know like some things can be done to you know kind of show like or give a little more you know woman crush wednesday post or whatever to kind of appease her ego and her stuff like that right yeah. but um other than that like just do what you gotta do live yourself uh, live your life the way you want to live it um you only have one, one, only have one body, one life to live. So just, you know, give God the praise and show off what God is giving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give God the praise. What? <laughs> he deserves it. He, he created it. Let it all hang out. God gave it to us. He's supposed to show these <laughs> things. He was a. <laughs> I told the man, I gotta give God the praise. I would. That I don't know why. I don't they, hide none. I don't know why. They, <laughs> I don't know why they ran me low like it did. Um. <laughs> I don't. Re- I don't have much to add other than to say, you know, to piggy, you know, to reemphasize. That's what I'm looking for. What Brian mm-hmm. is saying is that consider your spouse or your partner. You know, consider her feelings, but at the same time, you've worked like I know me. I already told my wife, in the words of you know Kim Jenkins and the viral sound, prepare to be sick of me mm-hmm. because I've been working real hard. And you know, right. we talked about last week. Brian and I and some couple other friends are preparing to be in LA. You think I'm gonna have on a shirt? I'm going to be shirtless 90% of that trip. <laughs> and I'm going to be oiled up so these pictures can pop. You see what I'm saying? Um, right. And part and it's really not for anyone else's pleasure. It's for my own benefit. I have enjoyed my workout journey. Right. Um, I've never been had this kind of tone and muscle before. And I want to be able to show it off. Now, to Brian's point, I'm not going to be out here like, in gray sweats with no drawers, you can see the you know the shape right. of my dick and my head, you know, and all that kind of. I'm not going to be yeah, doing yeah, all yeah. of that. But if you are, but bro, if you at a pool, 
what they expect right. you to have on. You're on the beach, they expect you to have on. If you take a picture at the gym, and sometimes, you know, as me and we get sweaty, we'll pull our shirt off. If that's what you're, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think as long as it's not like intentional thirst traps and it's just right. you working out, or even if it is you shirtless, bro, like, but there are still ways to be on the gram shirtless versus mm-hmm. being on the gram shirtless, right? And you understand right, the right. and you know the difference, and she does. Right. I think you hit the you know the the, the nail on the head when you say there's probably some insecurities. And that's something that ultimately she's gonna have to work through. But right. if you really love her and support her, then you will find ways to kind of support her through it. Um, but right. it's equipping her to understand the same nigga who I was who was faithful is like because that's exactly. the thing I think people miss. The nigga ain't cheating because he fine. He didn't got fine. No, no, right. I didn't no, got fine, no. and I think I'm fine. That was already that. That may have boosted his confidence. Right. But that didn't. But if he was going to do that, that was just who he was, regardless. Right. He just right. may have had a mm-hmm. confidence boost. So. Right. Um, you know, and maybe invite her to the gym. You know, I've invited Asher to effect plenty of times. She won't come, but she has an open, <laughs> you know, she has an open invitation. Like it's not right. It's not anything I'm hiding or anything like that. And I don't think Asher could handle the intensity of those workouts anyway. But what I am saying is that there are to Brian's point, there are some things that you can do to kind of, you know, ease that. And ultimately, I hope it doesn't become a major thorn where y'all have to break up, but if it gets to that space, depending on how deep, because you never say how deep y'all were in it. It's been at least two right. years, I suppose, if it's been since the yeah. pandemic. But yeah, bro, best of luck. Sorry to that woman. Sorry to that woman. Because insecurities can be a deal, bro. Oh, my God. Like, we all have them, but when we let them we be all so loud, them. where they affect how we function, yeah. then. Yeah. And you telling me what I can and cannot do. It's like. Mm. Yeah, fam. No, don't do that. But anyway, uh, Brian, you got anything on your chest you want to get off? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure there's something, but I don't know if I have anything I really want. Like, I don't know. Okay, I think well, I want to choose choose positive. I don't know. We'll see. All right, let's let's, let's go on over there. We'll figure it out when we get there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Brian, let me talk. Let me talk. All right, we're here to create a conversation where we, you know, take this time to get some things that have been bothering us off of our chests. Um, at this moment, I think I'm going to choose not violence. I'm going to choose peace and love and harmony. And I'm pretty sure there's something I probably could sign it off on. I'm not going to. So what about you, Josh? I'm a little tired, but I have one thing, and I'm going to make it super quick. When I say super quick, I mean Go super quick. A big mm. F you middle finger to the guy who said that um, Monica and... Um, the actor didn't oh, belong in the yeah. country. Talking about y'all got hip hop, bro. So many black people are there who are not associated with country music. First of all, we are the founders, the originators, and the innovators and the emancipators of everything. Everything. All music. All music comes from us. Even if we didn't have specific roots in country, it came from the blues. So it's from Listen. us, right? Yes. The country music ain't nothing but the blues with a twang. That is right. all that is. And a, and a, and a good talk. That is and right. and not because the blues had guitars, so a banjo, right? Right, that is mm-hmm. that is all that it is. Um, all so is. that comment was extremely racist. I'm sure he won't face much backlash, but a big middle finger to you. Shout out to Gunica who kept it cute in her response. I think Anthony Mackie is that his name, Brian? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I know I'm not tripping. Uh, he's about who is this guy? He's not even associated with blah 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 blah. Like Trevor Noah is no one's actor, but he hosts the Oscars before. Um, so it's like they always bring people who they think would bring a certain level of fun and energy or whatever to these award shows to host them, whether they're a part right. of 
that specific industry or not. So um, it's right. just a, speaking on the whole blackness conversation, it's just another thing that black people have to go through being black in America. Um, and just literally just existing and doing what you were asked to do. Monica was invited to sing with mm. this country star and based on her invitation, Anthony Mackie was invited to host like, right. And we just exist right. doing what we're doing, collecting our checks, being great, being excellent. And this is what we got to do. Crackers going to crack. That's what we got. That's what we got to do. Right. Um, but that's all I got. Cause I don't have a whole lot of energy to reach you. Like I want to, but that's all I have right. energy for. So if Brian is choosing positivity, I'm gonna leave it there. And with that being <laughs> said, this has been another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. We thank you all so much for listening and tuning in. We don't plan on taking any major breaks anytime soon. We don't. We might even reduce our summer break this year. We're gonna still take one. We might, but it might not be a full four, four, four weeks or whatever like we nah. usually do. Um, but we're super glad to be back. We will. Um, Brian and I have some amazing things lined up. I can say that this time because we got some right. really great guests that we have lined up to bring to you. We do. Um, and you know, this podcast is about you know how we navigate adulthood and life. And we got some people who are gonna help us figure some things out as we're trying to figure it all out. Um, so I'm super right. excited about that, Brian. Anything else you want to share and um, tell the people how they can follow and connect with us in the meantime? Um, as always, we want to thank you all for the um, the support, the love that you've shown us. Um, we would be great by ourselves, even if you didn't listen. But you know, y'all just make us greater by listening. You make right? me better. <laughs> um, so Josh and I do appreciate you So please continue your, your support and your love Y'all have been out there listening to the episodes um, Yes Numbers are, are, are numbering Numbers are numbering um, <laughs> um, So thank you all for that Continue to share, like, subscribe, comment um, if, if there's something you think you want us to talk about Let us know, DM us uh, Hit us up on an email of the just all podcast at gmail.com uh follow us on all the social medias that we are actually a part of i think it's facebook and also instagram mm-hmm. of the just all podcast uh, ig follow josh at i am josh rogers that's follow me. me at i am brian hair that's him um uh five stars and nothing at all i'm trying to think there's anything else that i'm forgetting the website we're there um yeah if y'all do anything Let's do this. If y'all do anything in the in the cities, right? Even if it's not in Atlanta, invite us. Invite, invite us. May us. or may and not tell show us about up. it. Yeah, and tell us. Say because we. I think it's summer. Summer is here. Pretty um, much. So I think it was eighty five degrees the other the day. The streets. That's summer. Yeah, the streets <laughs> need to call. And if Future's coming out with a new album, we need to answer. Right. So yes. Let's yes. go ahead and do that. So give us invite us to the things. Get in our DMs, whatever. Let us know things are happening. If y'all wants to host something, we'll do that. We can too. do that too. We can do that too. Um, so we're looking forward to that. That would be a great space to be in as well. Um, as always, thank you. Before we wrap up, before we get out of here, Josh, let the people know uh, what they need to do. For sure. What you can do is all you can while you can in the very best ways that you can. But in all you're doing, please do not get caught up with your work undone. Love y'all to life. See you next week. Peace. Peace.